Hey podcast, so today I'm speaking to Paul the Punter. Now Paul set his YouTube up in 2017 and since then has grown it from nothing right up to 139,000 subscribers. He's fortunate enough as well to be sponsored by tons of MTB companies, a dream for many people watching and listening to this podcast. And he lives in mountain bike heaven, Squamish. So has amazing trails right on his doorstep. What's different about Paul is he claims to be an averagely skilled mountain biker and he's just one of us, if you like. He's, um, you know, your typical rider and he's dead down to earth, as I'm sure you'll see over the next hour or two. His channel is all about watching his journey from improving on the bike and just having fun in general. So thanks a lot for coming on, Paul. Thanks very much. I couldn't have introduced myself better even if I tried. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> well, I thought it'd be quite nice. Obviously, tons of people watching and listening to this podcast will know who you are, but there'll also be people listening who they're hearing about you and seeing you for the very first time. So you used to work for Pink Bike, didn't you? And then I think you were in the mountain bike industry before that. So I thought I'd start really by asking you how you got into the mountain bike industry and then how that progressed to Pink Bike and obviously how it's gone from there into starting the YouTube channel and beyond. Yeah. So my first, uh, I came out of university with a music degree. So obviously my first job was a pharmaceutical rep, obviously. And then uh, I kind of did that for a bit. And then I kind of realized I was pretty unhappy. Uh, and uh, I decided, I was like, well, I'm going to start biking again. And I'm going to try and get a job in the bike industry. And then I actually applied to pretty much every company, actually, in the UK when I was there. And uh, I was like, uh, I'm going to try one more, and that was Factory Media with Dirt Magazine, uh, and I ended up getting it. And it was a huge, it was a huge change. I thought I'd been completely uh, scammed because I had like a really nice job in pharmaceuticals, and then I turned up, and then within the first week, I was like, "What the hell have I done? <laughs> <laughs> like this is trash." But uh, I, I stuck with it, and more importantly, I kind of made a really good bunch of good bunch of friends uh i learned quite a lot actually during that time um probably outside of the job but then uh, i stacked all that off went uh went man biking in queenstown and whistler for a year so i like did the endless summer thing because i'd never really i'd never really traveled or, or done anything really apart from that so i just did it and then yeah ended up working a pink bike for four four years um i transitioned from doing ad sales to um, doing more creative projects and um, I ended up kind of uh, what I, heading up I guess the the video side of it um, like I convinced you know I did things like starting the Pink Bike YouTube channel and stopping our videos uploaded to the native player and you know, came up with series like the privateer for example that yeah. was like one of that was probably my uh, my best thing I guess yeah um, and then oh, and Amazon yeah as well then it nailed it <laughs> Oh, yes. Sorry here. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it's more valuable to be on YouTube, but that's a separate, separate subject. It's, I think that's just like an ego stroking thing, really. <laughs> Honestly. I like, don't know if you know, it. but I'm, uh, I'm on Amazon. <laughs> it's like, cool. Got on Amazon. It's like, but I don't know. You know, maybe it's really hard to get on Amazon Prime. Who knows? I, I, I don't know. So kudos to that team for making it happen for sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then during kind of, you know, while I was learning about YouTube, because that was really like GMBN was kicking off. Okay. And, uh, I was, I see, I felt like I was the only person like, what, what's going on? Like these guys are getting loads of people watching their videos. Like, shouldn't we know about this? So I kind of, that's when I started to really get into YouTube and 
then I found well, the day I found Seth's bike hacks was pretty like it was pretty hilarious actually. If you were, I guess, if you were kind of on the sidelines watching what happened that day, it was pretty funny because I I was just on YouTube and I saw it was probably like a how to bunny hop video or something that Seth had made, okay. and it had like three hundred thousand views. And I just oh, I wow. just saw it in the sidebar and I was like, what is that? <laughs> and then I opened it up and he at the time he had like two hundred and something thousand subscribers. And wow. I was literally in the office, like, has anyone heard of this guy? Like, what is, what is this? Like, he has this massive audience and we've never heard of him. No one has ever mentioned him. And everyone's just like, no, no idea, no, whatever. And now he's like, you know, he, he is arguably the most famous mountain biker in the world. Yeah. Like, without, probably without question. Yeah, uh, for sure. So, uh, it's crazy. And then, you know, I found the whole YouTube audience and then, you know, even though I was, uh, even though I was kind of trying to move into kind of, cause I'm really good at coming up with ideas and creative things and what should be done and what's probably going to be popular. But I didn't know how to make the videos. Like I wasn't a videographer. I was a producer, I guess you should say. Um, and I was like, well, I should learn how to make the videos. So I started my own uh, YouTube channel cause that was the only place where I could like learn basically. So did you start that, sorry to interrupt you, but did you start that whilst you were at Pink Bike or was it yeah. very likely? Ah, right. So you started it whilst yeah. you were working at Pink Bike, kind of on the evenings and on the weekends and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, I told everyone, I was like, well, I need to know how to make videos. I'm going to do my own YouTube channel. And then it would be like, if I came up with an idea, well, there was only one idea, really. I said, I said to the boss, I was like, look, we should go and take a warm-up bike and ride it down Whistler. Like, that's, that's like, a, and I was trying to show, it was more to show like, you can reverse engineer videos like that was what it was about because uh, you're okay. like okay you have these warm-up bike videos which are really popular but no one's doing it in the biggest bike park in the world like yeah. if you put these two together then you will create a popular piece of content like that's yeah. why that's why i made but like the boss was just like no that's stupid someone's gonna get hurt so i went okay i'll do it <laughs> i'll be the one <laughs> yeah so i just i just went and did it and it was more like um, it was more just to learn about how to make a video because I could come up with an idea. Like if I could actually go and make it myself, then maybe that would give you know me a bit more um, credibility with the other with the other filmers and videographers. Yeah. So, um, so you, I did. When you started doing your videos, I was looking through them earlier. Like I scrolled right back to your very first videos, and you did I think four videos, which as of now have about three thousand views, something like that. I'm sure they got yeah, like terrible. less at a time, yeah, or I yeah. could be wrong. But then after about four or five videos, it shot up to. I think it was like 300,000 views or whatever. Can you remember what? Yeah, that's, that's the, that's the, Is that uh, the one? that's the Walmart bike video. Yeah. Ah, right. So, so how I did that go viral? Was that, was that because you well, shared it on Pink Bike and it got loads of views or was that completely organic and it just like went wild? Well, what happened there? It's, it's a great question. So like, um, like really, like a lot of people will go on about the algorithm and this and that and, and oh, it went viral because of this. At the end of the day, like if it's an entertaining video and it's getting attention and people want to click on it, it's going to get served out. Yeah. Like that, that's it. I mean, so this is actually, um, so I did the first three, like the, the rubbish. I remember the first one actually, which was like writing Lord of the Scrolls. That was with Scott Secco, who's like done loads of amazing videos. Like, did you see the Bryn Atkinson video where it's kind of like the Sherlock Holmes one where he like, super slow-mo and then he's like no drag a foot put it down you must have seen Bryn Atkinson <laughs> slaying these turns really fair it was, they, they launched a new bike with it anyway oh, he's like 
he's an amazing filmmaker and he's actually writing in it, which is funny. But that video took like 24 hours to export because yeah. I saw it was a crappy laptop, but also I was like, no one has a Lord of the Squirrels full run from, do you know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, so you should upload that video. Yeah. But, and it was, it's obviously terrible and, and crap in every way. But um, <laughs> then a couple more, I was like, okay, now you start to tell a bit of a story, make it, you know, interesting. We had the warm up yeah. bike one. So how that, ha- how that started was, I, you know, I was in, it wasn't my decision to put it on pink bike, right? I had, I was like, I came up to Brian, who's the head of editorial. I was like, Hey, Brian, I finished my Walmart bike in Whistler video. Like I'm going to submit it for my normal thing. It'd be kind of cool if it goes on the homepage. And then he's like, and I remember he re- responded like, Oh, we'll, he said, we'll obviously post it. That's what he said. He said, we'll oh, obviously okay. post it. And, um, but then. Uh, yeah, he posted it. I think it was posted like six down or something on the order. Like, cause you can choose yeah. the day and everything. Like, you can go straight up to the top. It was posted like six down. After five days, it was in the top eight most read, um, things. But loads of people, I got a load of shit on that actually, because, um, I was like, I think it was like 50 comments in, like everything was fine. Everyone was just like, oh, whatever. But then like, the interesting phenomenon was that people would start to like finish their jobs if they were on the West Coast. So it was like five o'clock. All of a sudden the comments decide. Ah, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. People were like, this guy's like, you know, posh guy who pretends to be poor for a day or something like that. And then um, <laughs> I was just like, I know how to handle these things and you just kind of leave it and you're just like, Oh, whatever. But then someone, I think someone said like, Oh, this guy's just made loads of money. And I was like, okay, let me tell you, like, this channel isn't even monetized. I made nothing from this video. Like, lots of people <laughs> don't make a lot of money from, you know, how it currently is right now. And I was yeah. like, you are so incorrect. And I think it was because I took the bike back, which as an English person is pretty freaking hilarious. Do you know, the idea <laughs> that you take back, but I guess I didn't think of the, you know, well, it's kind of wasteful, et cetera, et cetera. And not very grateful. Um, you kind but, of, uh, um, you kind of touched on it there. I think it'll probably make sense to start chatting about it now. I've got tons of different questions. I'm sure many of them are going to come up at random orders. But one thing I did want to ask you about, a because I'm interested in it because it, it's something that I get a lot, and I know a lot of my followers will probably sort of agree with it as well. So you'll obviously, I imagine anyway, you just said you did there, get some hate on your posts from various different things. Like you just mentioned there, people call you posh <laughs> and this. Like, it happens, doesn't it? And like on most of my Facebook posts, if it's slightly divisive, if I talk about e-bikes or I put a post up the other day that was kind of <laughs> uh, defending women in mountain biking and blah, blah, blah. Like I'll always get people kind of like hating. You get it. So A, do you get hate? I imagine that you do. And B, how do you deal with it? What's your kind of mindset around it? Um, oh yeah, obviously. Because, I mean, you've got to you've got to understand really where negative comments come from on the yeah. internet to start off with, right? It's not, they're probably not angry at you. Okay, yeah. like, that's why I made the point. You know, I guess this is what you're referring to is that it was like five o'clock. People were quitting their jobs. Like that video starts off with me saying, "I live in Squamish and I'm I've got a fucking amazing <laughs> life and My oh, life isn't is life great. great? Yeah, and they're probably pissed." And like that, it might not directly annoy people, but for sure it would. Like it'd probably annoy me yeah. if I was, if I was in a similar, you know, not as a fortunate situation as I am. Yeah. And like that's, that's really it. And that's probably why. I mean, the thing I get the most is like, why is this guy sponsored? 
Like I get it all the time. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I mean, I and guess. Is it like I, the, when they say that, are they legitimately at, cause the, 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 it's easy. It's obvious, isn't it? You've got a large audience. So of course well, I'm not invited to come to But do they not genuinely not get that? Or? No, they just like, that's just the comment most of the time. It's like, why is, I don't get why is this guy sponsored? Okay. And it's like, do you see that this video has been seen 50,000 times? In yeah, a yeah, yeah. It's, and, but then it's just, you just go, well, it'd be irrational to, to get angry at that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. why would you, you know, but, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I, I watch a lot of YouTube really. And like, this is how I've tried to start honing my craft is just seeing what works and taking inspiration from that. But, yeah. um, you know, Casey Neistat always used to say like the, the negative comments that get him are the ones that he agrees with. And like, uh, that's, uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's really yeah, it. It's when people say that. like, it's when people say like, Oh, why are you doing this? And I'm like, I know I'm not doing that. Like, <laughs> like, all right, thanks. Like I, I have this, I have a subreddit actually as well. That's really fun. It's just loads of memes. It's, it's kind of stupid fun. But someone posted this huge post the other day. that was like, Paul's, all Paul's problems are mental. And that's what it is. He should get over his mental problems. I'm like, yeah, thanks. Like, I appreciate <laughs> it. Like, I know it's probably coming from a good place, but maybe I'm scared. And like, you know what I mean? And a lot of people don't seem to, like, I can't imagine that, you know, the, the people that come on and be like, oh my God, blah, 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 blah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I could do that. Like, I can't imagine there's that many people that should be entertained by what I do that are amazing at man biking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, it's like the funniest thing. I, there have been a couple of people actually, um, I really tried last year that would just like comment. And I remember this one guy was like, oh, this guy's taking sponsorship from, up and coming skillful races, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Hey, you fly yourself out to Squamish. I will, I was like, and I will take care of everything. I was like, I'm not doing it to like, you know, crap on you or whatever. I'm just like, I just want, you know, this kind of attitude come out and then we'll go ride the trails that I ride like after work. And I would just want you to see like, you know, how like, like that mindset, I'm sure you don't agree with that, but like what he said, like it's a complete meritocracy and that is whatever the person can out. Like if a bike company has got X amount to spend on sponsored riders each year, they want a return on their investment. So yeah. sure, they can give it to a new rider who may or may not become a world top 10 rider, or they can give it to somebody like you who's already got a massive audience and the bike is definitely going to be seen by hundreds of thousands of people. So, you know, the, there's nothing stopping the up and coming rider setting up a YouTube channel or an Instagram or a yeah. Facebook but just like you've done, like everybody's in the same boat. You didn't have a hundred thousand pounds of advertising to get you started. Like you just started and did it. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, you're quite right. I'm, I'm actually pretty self-deprecating to admit, to agree with that. <laughs> I'm not I'd be like, I can't agree with that, but I mean, you're right, but it's like, yeah, okay. I'm like, as my, I come across like people that know me, I'm quite like, I am quite loud in social situations and like, perhaps come across as full of myself but it's like most of the time i'm just like oh god i don't like any video that i've ever made a day <laughs> it's all crap but, um, but you're right it's like, yeah, there, there is nothing stopping any rider from starting a youtube channel like the moment the moment racing got cancelled and covid happened a lot of professional racers that i know started messaging me just like so youtube and i'm like oh hello welcome and it's like yeah you have to do this you have to do this you did and then so many would say like sounds like a lot of work i'm like yeah yeah it is like that's how that's just how it goes 
Yeah, well, welcome to yeah. the club, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, to go back to your actual question. So you mentioned like, that, like, no, 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 yeah, it's, it's fine. This is, good. this is, um, yeah, what, what, what like, you said there. You've just, um, you just got to you really, can... yeah, sorry. You just got to like understand like where that negativity is actually coming from. And it's, it's probably not coming from you. Like if someone says like, why is this guy sponsored? You know, perhaps maybe. You know, I'm not trying to sound like cocky or arrogant, but maybe this person would also like to have X amount of bikes and just be able to go bike riding all the time. Like I would be as well if I was in that situation. So then it's like, oh, why is this guy got this and why don't I have it? Like maybe it's coming from there. Maybe it's also coming from, you know, the, the reason that I said before, which was, you know, they, they like know someone that's also really good and can't get any support. And they're like, oh, what the hell? But it just comes from many, many different ways. And like, if it, if I really let it get me down all the time, then I wouldn't be able to get out of bed in the morning. So what, what, what help is that going to do? Yeah. yeah. 100%. I think you mentioned a couple of things there, which I can definitely relate to because whilst we obviously have audience in kind of yours is very much on YouTube, I've got a large audience over Facebook and Instagram. So we're exposed in kind of different ways. But I think you said that you people may think that you're big headed and think a lot of yourself. But I think to have the ability to not let negative comments get you down, you've got to have that other side of you, which is kind of self-confident and, you know, you don't mind people getting to you. But I think what we're saying about anybody can do it one thing that I think stops a lot of people is that the opinion of other people and putting themselves out there and sort of being abused and calling posh like I always talk about it on the podcast but I get people saying I've got a stupid smile like I've got an underbite you probably oh, okay. can't see but myself like my bottom jaw comes out and under and whenever yeah. I put a photo on Instagram most people are nice but then you'll have yeah. like oh stop it with the stupid grimace <laughs> yeah it's just kind of like you have to have the mindset where I don't care I'm not bothered but a lot of people would hate that. And do, do you have any tips for people who would worry about that and that would stop them posting on Instagram or posting on YouTube? Do you have any tips for them to get over that? Or do you think it's just a matter of having self-esteem and kind of bouncing it back? Well, I don't, I don't think it's, it's... I mean, it's probably about self-esteem. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Any negative comment, I'm just like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, thanks. <laughs> thanks very much. You know, it takes, I think old BKXC one said it's like every one comment is every one negative comment is probably equal to about a hundred nice comments saying that you've changed their life through mountain biking or something like that. So it's, and I think yeah. really, I mean, really it's like everyone, everyone will get it. Do you know what I mean? I think it's more to how to deal with it is to realize that you're, you're not going to be the only one. Do you know what I mean? Like if you yeah. post up, you post up a picture and you know, it's like, Oh, stop the stupid grin. It's like, yeah, that per- again, that person is probably not angry because you've put up a picture of your face. Like, that's irrational, isn't it? That doesn't make any <laughs> sense when you actually say it out yeah. loud. What? And it's, it put, could be like, oh, they would never post a picture of their face. And that's why they're saying it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So I think, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's really about, maybe it's not about confidence. It's more acceptance and understanding why people react like that. And I think that yeah. will help you sleep at night more effectively than being like no come on i've got a nice face i can put a pic come on (laughs) it's it's more i think it's it's more valuable to kind of be vulnerable and go well you know like not everyone's a supermodel like if people want to critique then it's like well you know they're probably having a bad day or or whatever like just kind of yeah move, move it on 
I totally agree, and we fully have the same mindset. When you were obviously like with with but like for me, like I've been doing Facebook and Instagram for four years, so it takes something very kind of harsh to actually affect me. And you said the same thing yourself then. You kind of said uh, or before you said the ones that do hurt you is something that you agree with. So yeah. I can I can relate to that. Like when someone calls me grin, I don't care. But if they did say something that actually kind of like, oh, yeah, you know what? I was a bit arrogant in that post or I was a bit yeah. of that. They're the ones that hurt. And you kind of, I know for me anyway, you get, you, you care less the longer that you're doing it. When you first started your YouTube, did you find that your first few negative comments would affect you more than they probably do now? Mm, probably, I don't know. They probably affect me just the same, in, okay. in all honesty, really. Uh, I think, you know, I, I used to have, um, I used to have Mike Levy from Pinkbike has the best way of dealing with negative comments, right? It's, um, okay. it's, it's perfect because what you're, so, I mean, I don't think he does it as much anymore because I think a lot more people just really like him because he's more in front of the camera and you see that he's just like a really nice guy. Yeah. But, um, and a lot of, he would just like agree with the person. It was yeah. bulletproof. Like someone would go, Oh, this guy doesn't know anything about blah, blah, blah. He can't <laughs> even, you know, he can't even do this. And then Mike would comment below like, huh, yeah, tell me about it. And it's like, <laughs> can't, no one can carry on with anything like that. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. If you just agree with the person. You know, you probably make them feel guilty for saying it in the first place. Or you just, they just can't yeah. go anywhere. Like if someone, if yeah. someone says like, oh, I'll put that stupid grin away, be like, huh, yeah, it's not the, it's not the nicest face in the world, is it? Like what uh, is that person going to do? <laughs> yeah. Like that, you know what I mean? Like it's like if you agree with agree. the person, then they can't, they can't do anything. And who knows? Maybe you've just made them feel better. But obviously those are kind it's of, not- you have, you can only do that so much. A nice segue to kind of carry on with that, and I fully agree with everything you've just said. And so taking this to riders listening to this, particularly beginner mountain bikers, I hear from a lot of people who are scared to go and ride mountain bike trails because they feel they don't have the skills or they're not good enough to be on a certain trail or they're embarrassed of looking stupid in front of their friends or they're embarrassed of holding people up. So you've kind of, when you started the YouTube, you know, you're obviously a competent rider, but when you go and riding with pro riders, they're way, way above the level that you're currently at. So you yeah. can probably relate to kind of the beginner's ride with your average rider do you have any advice to to those people listening who are beginner riders who feel worried about going out on the trails and worried about looking stupid it's kind of in the same vein as negative mm, comments no, yeah. Isn't it, really? yeah i think you're completely right but it's more personal because it's then it's it's like happening to you in real life so it means a yeah. lot more i mean the re- reason i called myself paul the punter is like you know if i if in the grand scheme of the world i'm probably not terrible do you know what i mean but like yeah. in squamish the level is so much higher than everywhere okay. else. And, do you know what I mean? Like an after work ride is probably something that someone could work up their entire biking career to maybe think <laughs> about achieving. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, I'll go, I'll go out and ride for like the other day. I mean, it was a pretty cruisy one, but we rode for two and a half hours with one water bowl. Do you know what I mean? It was just like cruisy. Yeah. And like, I, I think it was like 25 kilometers and like 700 meters of climbing or whatever. Like to, yeah. to someone that's going to be really hard, but like around here, that's like a quick after work spin. So, yeah. and I, I am, at, you know, most of the time I am at the back here around, around everyone else. And I guess it's kind of like really then it becomes the, um, becomes the responsibility of the person you're with more than anything, I'd say, 
is to, you know, is to be like, to, to stop regularly, like the freaking just the pin it all the way down to the bottom and like, don't stop at the regular stops is, you know, that's yeah. obviously a huge bugbear. But I mean, at the beginning, if, you know, if you're the beginner rider and I do this a lot, it's just like set the, um, not the boundaries, but maybe set the structure of the ride and yeah. be like, Hey, like we're going to go down this trail. Could we stop often? Do you know what I mean? And the person's probably like, Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, we're not racing, like we're having, trying to have fun. Mountain biking is actually fun. And like, yeah, that yeah, could be, yeah. that can be a, a really, I'd say, yeah, just like, I mean, most disappointment is just because expectations have been battered. So yeah. if you outline at the beginning and say, Hey, I, I want to do it like this. Are you with yeah. me? It'd be like, yeah, sure. Well, we can do it like that. And then the person will probably feel better about themselves, maybe a bit more relaxed. Um, yeah. And that's that's kind of how it goes. So, yeah, that would be my advice is just outline outline your wants. I would agree on that. And I would say, as you just said, sort of building on that, it's a matter of sort of setting the expectation up front. So when you are going riding with a new group, if you're turning up to a group ride in your local area, I think the person could say in advance, I'm a complete beginner. I'm comfortable riding this distance. Am I all right coming? And then if the group leader or if the other person says, yep, you're absolutely fine going, they already know you're a beginner. They already know about your fitness levels. And for beginners listening to this, someone who's ridden for a while they know within the first five minutes kind of how competent you are on a bike how fit you are because you can tell when you're riding with somebody by oh, yeah. how hard yeah. they're breathing like how they tackle the very first obstacle on the trail so as a beginner don't feel that you can hide it because you absolutely can't but you said the same thing like people are there because they want to have fun and if a pro rider's riding with you they know that they're not on a training ride they're on a fun ride and that's the same for if an average rider is riding with you as a beginner they know that it's going to be a slower pace ride and it's just about going with the flow and knowing kind of who you're riding with really isn't it i don't know about you but i've personally never ever even as a beginner on the trail never had anybody say something negative to me while i was out riding like if i pushed myself if i pushed the bike down a steep trail i've never had anybody ride past and be like oh stop being a wimp or whatever like I've, I've personally yeah. i've never had that happen and uh i don't have you you know you're in a much uh, more popular and a more I difficult mean, part of the world yeah maybe i had it once in whistler like six years ago when oh, we were it was literally once and like i mean what yeah. had, i we, there's this green trail called del Boca, but everyone rides it because it's amazing trail regardless of the difficulty level and it was just i guess it's just a big busy time of year or whatever and you kind of join out into the other easy does it and like a queue this queue had formed, I guess, because it was pretty busy at the busy at the time. And like I was literally on the apex of a blind corner. And I think I, I said something like, oh, hey, could we move? Uh, could we move along a bit? And this guy just fucking turned around to me. And anyway, he doesn't say anything. We ride on and then you join back into a line. And kind of everyone's there, like no one was going and I dropped in and I just felt this guy drop in straight behind me. And I was like, I, I knew what was going on straight away. I was like, right, okay. He's, I don't know what's, and then, yeah, I just, and I just on purposely didn't ride at all. Like, do you know what I mean? I <laughs> just like, <laughs> and then he pulls over. He's like, oh, don't tell anyone to move on if you can't even do a line. And I just went, what? <laughs> like but again it's like understanding that that's irrational behavior like a normal um, person wouldn't do that so you can't let it get to you like yeah that's true and for anybody listening like that's kind of like that just shows like what in you 
here in the Peak District in the UK, like you might see 20 riders, 30 riders on a Sunday, if you're lucky. Like most of my rides, I don't see any mountain bikers. I may see one just because the trails around me are dead quiet. So for most people listening to this, unless you live in Whistler or in the Alps or whatever, you're probably going out riding and bumping into four or five riders. Like you've met the one dick out of... 100,000 mountain bikers that you probably yeah, like bumped into yeah. in the trail. So that just shows for kind of the beginners worrying that they're going to get abuse on the trail. You, you just, you're not like most no, mountain bikers I, are sound. Yeah. I don't really, I don't really see where that can come from because like, yeah. you know, if someone was to say that to me, like, Oh, what the hell? I'd be like, I know like a hundred people way better than you. Like, and they wouldn't treat you yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, yeah as I say, I, I've never really, I've never really come. I've never really come across like direct yeah that's great to hear though and i think that people listening to this who are worried about that sort of thing will hopefully get from this that it's very 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 rare and the vast majority of mountain bikers right from pro level right down to beginner all just want to have fun and are out there just enjoying the trails mm-hmm. yeah yeah so what tips would you have for people listening to this who want to start a youtube channel or yeah, start and grow a YouTube channel. I know you were you know getting asked it a hundred times. You know how many times? Time? Yeah. Oh, Every I can day. imagine. Every day. I actually just saw a message. Well, you've had chance to, uh, yeah. you've had chance to refine your answer then. <laughs> yeah, just go and, go and do it. <laughs> like, like, what do you want me to say? Like, you know, I could, it, I, a couple of people, like, I did, uh, I kind of set up a Patreon, but haven't really done anything to it because I'm, just like yeah, I saw that today. I don't really, don't really see. And I was like, okay, I could have like, you know, YouTube coaching or whatever on this, and maybe that would be fun. Uh, unfortunately, I've just been kind of like too busy with my life, and I kind of like how my life is right now. So it's like, oh, I don't yeah. really want to add anything to it. But sometimes I'll, sometimes if someone messages me, I'll like respond and be like, oh, hey, like maybe do this. Like this is the reason uh, I could, I could open up any video, and then within like twenty seconds, kind of critique it in some way only yeah. because that's all I do on my own videos and kind of learning from other people I'm like oh they do this like how does that work I've got I'm pretty analytical mm-hmm. as a as a personality so um but honestly yeah the the best thing you can do is watch other YouTubers I guess like but you know the early Casey Neistat ones he has loads of just like really easy things to kind of understand and and really, like, set out what you want out of it. Like, why are you making a YouTube channel, really? Like, is it because you just want to have some fun videos of your rides? Like, cool. Then worry about then worry about that. It's just like, okay, I actually want to make a career out of it. And it's like, okay, so now you have to have a different mindset. Do you know what I mean? I guess it's kind of the same with, like, if you're training, yeah, for, a, training for a race or whatever, or training to, for weight loss. Let's use weight loss because that's like everyone has had that goal at some point in their life. It's yeah. like, okay, you want to lose 10, you want to lose 10 kilos. Let's go crazy. You want to lose 10 kilos. It's like, okay, do you actually want to do that? Yeah. Right. Well, then you've got to, do it. <laughs> you've got to, you've got to do it. You have to, you have to do this, 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 and this. It's like the same yeah. with anything in, in life, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, I just say, you know, go and, go and just start one, figure out why you're actually doing it and then, you know, if it's not fun and it was meant to be fun, don't do it anymore. Yeah, that's like, good. You know, you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah, there's so much. But that would be the number one thing is just like, just go and upload a video. Do you know what I mean? Like, what's the worst yeah, yeah. that's going to happen? Yeah. 
So when I set up MTB Fitness kind of four years ago, it was a very deliberate like, oh, there's an opportunity here. And there's not many people that are kind of dominating in the fitness side of mountain biking. There's definitely an opportunity. But from kind of day one, it was right. I'm going to. I'm going to start putting out free content here, but it was very deliberate. I'm going to grow a business from it. I'm going to sell training programs, and here's what I'm going to do over the next X amount of time. So kind of the position I'm in now, it's worked out exactly as I wanted it to work out, but it was also kind of deliberate from the beginning. So Mm -hmm. for you setting up your YouTube, did you set it up and go, yeah, I'm going to get to 100,000, I'm going to get to a million subscribers, and you're just on the trajectory, or did you just start it because it will be about learning how to do some videos for Pink Bike and it'll be fun, or from day one where you're like i'm gonna grow this and i'm gonna make it massive no no not at all as i say as i said before it was just like it was just to learn how to make videos and then mm-hmm. you know and then what happened is that i kind of found the community of uh, other youtube creators and i kind of liked i liked that world pretty much okay it was you know it's like they were nice people to talk to and it, it seemed very chill and um yeah that's that's how it was so um, so yeah, for ages, I was just like, oh, I'm just making videos. Like, it's just fun. Do you know what I mean? And then, yeah. um, and then I needed to take a holiday in like June, June of, uh, June of 2018. Okay. 2018? Yeah. June of 2018. So that's about six yeah. months in, isn't it? Seven months in. Yeah. But I was like, I was all in on making pink bike content and, and everything. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I really need to make a holiday. I need to make a holiday because you know, things are about to get nuts. And then I couldn't find anyone to go on holiday with or do anything. Like, <laughs> I was just asking everyone, like, can you take a week off? Can you do this? And they're like, nope, 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 nope. And then uh, and I, I knew Brian from BKXE. And I was like, Brian, like, what about this for an idea? Like, no, you go and visit everyone else in the world, but no one has come to visit you and see your home trails. And then I was like, what if I came for a week? We do videos back and forth. And he was really into it. And then we did that. And then uh, it was like a week, I guess, of seeing what it would be like. Just because it was just this week of just my own YouTube channel. Ah, uh, okay. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, of course uh, I do. Yeah. And it was really cool. And you know, I was Brian's pretty inspirational as a human being. Uh, do you know BKXC before I start? I know the channel, yeah. I've seen yeah. various of the videos. I don't follow it religiously and watch every week, but I've definitely seen some of the videos, yeah. Yeah, but he, you know, he always had this goal. He he went full time after like five thousand subscribers or something. Wow, is, that's committed. Yeah, but he he had a lot. He would he save half of his uh, salary. Each okay. Paycheck. He would save fifty percent of his. Can you can you imagine? 50% saving that much money, like, I still, still blows me away. But, so, so he, I, you know, he had some you may or may not know, I don't want you to give away personal information of him, but do you know how much in savings of his no, income? No, no, because, like, you could say, if he has three years worth of income saved, it's not the same risk having 5,000 subscribers quitting to go full oh, time. Yeah. I think it's for someone who has yeah. one month. No, I think, I think he had, I, I'd like to think he had some saved up, but I have no idea. Like, okay. Yeah, sorry, um, carry on. Yeah, but, uh, and then, and his, his goal was always like, you know, he's like, I watch YouTube. I know YouTube. I've got a good thing here. I'm going to go ride all the best trails in the world and I'm going to film them and I'm going to make my, and this is going to be my full time job. And he reiterated that, you know, mentality all the time. Yeah. It's very aspirational for, for a lot of people to do that. So he yeah, gains yeah. a lot of support. Um, so yeah, and he was, yeah, he was just a good person to be around and, 
And then I was like, oh, I kind of really enjoy this. And then, you know, I came back to pink bike and, you know, maybe it wasn't, wasn't all kind of, uh, rainbows and unicorns. And, uh, I kind of, yeah. I figured out this idea and then I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for this. So yeah. for, so yeah, I, and then I went by myself, but it was, it was only, I was going to do like kind of consulting and my own thing. I was, ne- I still for like even the whole of last year in 2019. I was still like, nah, I can't be a full-time YouTuber. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I can't, I can't do that. I mean, and then actually what happened was that the channel exploded way more than I thought it was going to be. So I thought at the end of last year, I would be on 40,000 subscribers. And I was at, I was actually on like, must have been, yeah, it must have been like getting on for 90,000, I think. Yeah. And it and went like, from 90 to 140 very fast then, didn't it? Like, it's not just been a, a thousand. I noticed, I can't well, remember yeah. that. I can't remember the date, but I noticed you had a post that was, I've hit 100,000 subscribers. And that was, you know, after, say, two years and then six months later or whatever the exact numbers are, you've gained yeah. another 40% on top of that. Like, it's not grown steadily, hasn't it? It's kind of like the, the rate seems to be increasing anyway. Mm. Well, you have, you have more, you have more videos. Each video is going to, is, probably going to get more views than the last one on average and you know we're coming into peak yeah. peak mountain bike season there's loads of interest yeah. um yeah i've i do have a bunch of videos on there that are kind of evergreen and we'll we'll get a lot of subscribers consistently so um so yeah i think that's it i mean it, it's all scalable you know if you have uh i think generally the rule used to be like you know zero to one thousand is the same as one to ten and then 10 to 100 is the same as blah, blah, blah. Uh, mm-hmm. That's like a very general rule, probably not realistic, especially when you're in a niche sport like man biking. You know, yeah. you, I mean, you luckily, you know, the, the top of the ceiling is whatever Seth has. Like, <laughs> like that's the, that's <laughs> like, okay, this is how many people you could you know get to you know but his I mean? channel's still growing isn't it and the same with like gmbn oh, yeah. if you like if you look at the statistics on like social blade for gmbn they're still growing at a very fast rate so you know the ceiling is i don't you also hit it you also look at how seth is just crushing them okay. and that's the <coughs> excuse me like um you know you look at a whole you look at a whole bunch of things and like because gmbn is like a how-to channel really yeah. You don't get that dedicated audience. Yeah. So, for example, if you look at their last few videos, you know, they're on a one and a half million subscribers. You know, going back, their last videos are like 69,000, 55,000, 143, 144, 78. Yeah. Like, and what would that get? Oh, million, million, million. Oh, million. right. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I do. it's like, it's it's yeah you can have this big audience but it's like do you actually have fans and that's yeah. the real difference it's like you know it is when you have like if you have 300,000 fans on facebook or whatever it be if you have a million and a half on youtube like if there's if there's a um you know a gap between how many views your videos are actually getting versus how many people have subscribed it just shows that you know you haven't you don't have this kind of greater story arc mm-hmm. like you don't want People aren't looking to watch the next video. Yeah. You want, really, you want every, the, the goal is to have every video relevant to every person watching the video. Yeah. And, um, if you kind of lose sight of that, which is generally what happens with how to people, you know, you, you do a, you know, you do a how to wheelie video, it gets loads of views, 
then mm. your next video is um oh um, i went trail riding around my local thing it's like no one cares yeah yeah <laughs> so, yeah, yeah that's i think that's the important thing and that's why seth is so popular because yeah. he's he's always got like he's building all the time into the next thing and he's just really good at storytelling yeah so are you forgive me for not knowing this but are you full-time youtube now or do you still do consults yeah. and things like that yeah yeah so so what, what i was doing last year i was helping um kind of the whole the whole uh i guess business side of the youtube creators like they didn't really know what they were worth they they didn't know who to speak to and at the same time the industry didn't know anything about these youtube people and they didn't understand like you know it used to be you'd go to a, a core title they would influence like the, the the important people in the friend group. Do you know what I mean? And then the important people of the friend group yeah. would then spread out the message. Okay. But now yeah. you have this, you have YouTube and, you know, if you want to figure out how to do anything nowadays, what do you do? You go, oh, how to paint my bedroom into YouTube. And then that's how you do it. And that's exactly what's happened with mountain biking. People are like, I like mountain biking. Uh, I want to see stuff about mountain biking on the platform that I spend hours on every week. And, you know, that's kind of why, you know, there's this whole new breed of mountain bikers that have no idea who Chris Kavarik is or Brendan Fairclough or, you know, any any racer kind yeah. of um, or Troy Brosnan. They're like, who the hell is that? It's like people people just have no interest in watching the races, which yeah. has always been my like biggest mind blower. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll watch everything and I'll be like, do you not know this? But they're like, couldn't care less. Like I've sat there <laughs> with other people. And like watched a bike movie and I'm like, do this, like, this is cool. And they're just like, don't care. <laughs> it's, it's, it's my, it's my funniest, like observing phenomenon that I just, I always enjoy it because I'm such like, I was such a part of the core world. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. now it's like, it's almost like that's not as important anymore. It's kind of so, so strange to me. Like why, why people wouldn't care, but yeah, that's, I guess that's how it goes. But, um, so when you took the uh, when you took the jump and decided to go full time YouTube, so not trying to get income from other places, was that a scary moment for you, or was it that it was just at a size where you didn't really need to be scary? Like, how did that come about, and what were the well, emotions I, around that? Yeah, I mean, there was a bit of intrepidation. It's more because you know I'm now reliant on, I guess, my my personality, I guess, <laughs> which is is kind of like that's like the that's like the the scary thing, right? It's yeah. like, okay, I, I can do, you know, oh, so helping other YouTubers get sponsorship and what have you. Yeah. It was like, okay, I'm good at this. Like, I know how to do this. Like, I can help yeah. them. Like, that's what it was always about. It was like, okay, like, I'm going to give you this framework. And I did say to them, I was like, I don't want to do this forever, but I'm going to give you this framework. And like, you should mm. be, hopefully you should be able to do it yourself. Originally, okay. I planned to do this for two years. But then after the first year, I was like, I'm just doing my old job that I didn't like doing. <laughs> Yeah. So then I was like, then I added it, I added it up and did the, did the maths. And I was like, okay, like I could make this work if I, you know, if I put it off. So, yeah. uh, then I was like, okay, then you just go for it. And then it's like Monday morning, you wake up and then you just start, start the new thing. Yeah. And, um, and that's how it goes. And if you don't do it, then you don't get to eat. So that's like, <laughs> that's, the, that's the consequences, I guess. Does it worry you having sort of, you're everything reliant on one platform like purely on youtube so let's say if youtube banned you tomorrow for none of your you know nothing you've done wrong does, does that make you nervous or does that worry you? oh yeah yeah absolutely i actually had one video uh demonetized 
for the first time. I've never had a demonetized video because um, it was uh, it was rated as uh, dangerous. Oh, OK. Oh, I think I saw that on your Instagram story. Yeah. You edited it and, and then it was fine, wasn't it? No, I didn't. I didn't edit it. I was just oh. like, I was just like, what the hell? Like, how is this dangerous? So I and I and I was just so I was so angry about it because it, it was done by human review. So I just had this image of you know some ah, okay. Karen, some Karen or or the male <laughs> just sat there going, oh no, this is far too scary. And like, and, but luckily YouTube did fix it. But there was a moment where you know I wasn't going to make as much money as normal. You know what yes. I mean? Like that was yeah, that was, yeah. and I didn't. I still didn't. Even if, if it was only like yeah, demonetized for like six, eight hours or whatever, but yeah. it made a big difference. And yeah, so no, I, I completely hear you. I do think it's like yeah, like if YouTube went away, then oh no. <laughs> but I'm kind of I'm kind of betting touch wood. Uh, I feel like this is like the soundbite that will come back to bite you <laughs> in a couple of years. <laughs> but like I feel like YouTube is so big now. You know, it's part of one of the biggest companies in the entire world um and it's it is being developed all the time and there is this longer you know tv is disappearing online viewing is only increasing and until we get yeah and until we get chips in our brain and we don't have monitors and everything's just kind of the whole way that uh entertainment and information is changed like i don't see i don't see it going away of course, the the, uh, the the damage the damage that I could do is that I just stop trying, and you know I I plateau and I just keep doing the same thing and I don't I don't keep improving. That would yeah. be more damaging than YouTube to shutting down. That's more likely to happen than YouTube shutting down tomorrow. Yeah, and even if another YouTube took over, I'm sure like YouTube is so far ahead of anything else. I'm sure that would never happen. But let's just say something did happen that massively affected the brand or whatever. And a new YouTube started. You've got a good solid brand, haven't you? Like people come for Paul the Punter. They don't necessarily watch you because you're on YouTube. They watch you because you're Paul the Punter. So I'm sure that, you know, if it was on another platform, people would probably move across and watch you on whatever the other platform was, mm-hmm. wasn't there? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's quite hard. I mean, I don't have, I don't have 130,000 Instagram followers, no. for example, but it's a completely different platform. Like, yeah. yeah, there's lots of talk about TikTok and and what have you, but like, yeah. I have no interest in something like that because it's just so different to, you know, a podcast is different to YouTube. Yes. You know, podcasts you're yeah. listening oh, to it gotcha. for an hour. Like people, people don't say podcasts are too long. Do you know what I mean? They say that mm-hmm. a four-minute video is too long, which is the funniest thing. It's like there's no such thing as a piece of content that's too long it's too boring of course um so yeah it's it's i don't know i mean right now i'm kind of going on that but i don't i don't foresee anything kind of else you know unless um you know maybe i turn into becoming a presenter for something do you know what i mean like okay. that could yeah, that yeah, could yeah. be the only that could, that could 100% be the, happen yeah like you know maybe um i don't know maybe scott or someone go okay we want to do this piece of content on this platform or whatever and i don't know that could be that could be something but i think you know if if youtube upped and died tomorrow you still need um a way of reaching new customers and new people about your brand and i'm pretty fast at figuring out how to do that on multiple platforms so i think that's probably that's probably where i'd end up tomorrow yeah. And then I could just yeah. go and ride my bike for fun and that'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find that, well, I suppose I was going to ask, um, 
whether you get lonely being on your own editing videos, but you ride with so many different people, don't you, all the time? Oh, I mean, that, I I ride by myself quite a lot as well. Like, okay, it's 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 a I do I you know I'll be honest. Like, there are definitely times where I feel lonely and like, oh god, I just want to do this. Like, you know, um, but that's that's just part of being a human being. I think, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, everyone will get lonely in in some respects. It's about recognizing that. I think. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah, but for sure. I mean, like it's it is quite strange how I have a group of friends and then I mean, some of them are still not really like uh, aware of it, I guess. Like, you know, I'll, I'll go to a bike park and people will be shouting at me from from the trails when I'm on the chairlift and they go, what? And they don't <laughs> they don't understand it and they, it doesn't make any sense to them. Or, you know, it's um, it's, when was it's pretty. The, when was the first time you got recognized and how did that feel? Oh, I I think maybe it was. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think. I mean, when I was hanging out with Brian, um, we went to this like camping thing, and some people knew me from there. But that was that was kind of cheating. I think uh, maybe the funniest one was when my buddy Paul came from the UK to visit me for a week, and I just and I told him I was like, oh yeah, like you know we've got a holiday, but I'm leaving pink bike in two months, and blah blah blah. And this is what I'm going to do. And then we're on the chat. Well, so it's, it's so funny how you go through different stages of being recognized. I found it really funny. Like I was in the stage of where people weren't really sure it was me yeah. and they wouldn't tell me, they would only tell me when it was just like me and that person. So I'd be on the chairlift in Whistler and then someone would just lean over and be like, Hey, are you that YouTube, like Paul, Paul the punter? And I'd be like, yeah, that's me. Um, it happened a few times and my mate just kept going, what the fuck? <laughs> it's, like, I enjoyed it more than being recognized 100%. And so it was have you ever had it, um, have you ever had it the other way where I know for like, <laughs> have you ever had it where you think somebody's recognized you and you've had an awkward moment where they have no idea who you are? So you've kind oh. of like, presumed that they know who you are because of the way they're looking at you or whatever and then it turns out they have no idea. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I've, I've hung, you know, I've had, um, had the opportunity of speaking to a lot of well-known professional riders and I can't remember who it was. Um, oh, I know who it was. It was Needles, right? So this is the perfect example. And I guess this is what I remember. So I did the uh, EWS when it was in Ireland the first year and I was yeah. just like walking and I knew Couscous and Needles was on the Polygon team at that point. Um, and uh yeah and i was like oh fabian hey how's it going i like shake his hand and then he's like oh and and then he just go needles just goes oh hi andrew and like he just introduced himself and i was like yeah of course i know who you are but then like a few other people did that and it's kind of like you realize it's like just be just be a normal person and just like yeah, yeah. i always see that no one has any idea of my videos and they don't watch them like you know even i guess maybe if i have a hint or whatever but you know, it's it's very strange. It is very strange being recognized, like 100 yeah. percent, especially when you're like, oh, why do you watch my videos? It's stupid. <laughs> I think that's that's the main the main reason. I just always go like, oh, hey, I'm Paul. And if they go, oh, I know you. I was like, oh, cool. Like, thank you so much for watching my videos. Like you pay for my dinner tonight. It was great. <laughs> it's normally what I it's normally what I do. <laughs> come buy me a drink it's all good <laughs> oh no i think like you watching my videos so, my not like you go and pay for my dinner oh sorry sorry yeah, sorry i, I, like, I just in that moment i was like did 
that come across how I meant it to come across? Like, <laughs> Sorry, oh, that's me misunderstanding. So other than trying to make the channel bigger and better and coming up with new ideas and you've just said yourself like you have to constantly focus on improving and making it interesting, do you have any other kind of tangents or anything that you want to do with Paul the Punter? So do you see yourself partnering up with somebody in the near future or releasing a program or selling a product or is there anything in the pipeline that people would find interesting that you can talk about? Mm, I guess I guess not really. I mean, maybe next year, like my whole year plan. Uh, I don't know if it will happen, but I mean, I haven't told anyone. That'll be during contract negotiations for next year. But um, I have a plan definitely for next year and then like maybe long term. For sure, but there's no point really talking about it now because it's just. Oh like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, I do, I do have this idea for a really good video that would be like high production, but I haven't pitched it to my uh, to Scott yet. <laughs> but um, it's, re- I think it's going to be a really good idea. But uh, again, like there's zero confirms. There's no point, <laughs> yeah, talking about yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, do what do I do right now is I'm just focusing on my fitness. Like this is kind of why I was uh, excited to talk to you about it. Because, like, I do think... Are you still there? Matt? Just stop one there. The line went funny then. Just tell that whole last sentence again, like, the last 10 seconds. Sorry. What did it... um, Oh, yeah, so... But really, I guess the main goal for right now is my fitness, which is kind of why I was interested in talking to you. I thought this... I mean, it's been an hour just talking about myself. I thought thought we were talking about fitness. So, like, I'm incredibly weak as a human being. I've always been incredibly weak, uh, not mobile at all. Um, and it just seems like whatever I s- seem to do, like I might gain fitness, but then it just disappears. So when COVID happened, I, would, I just came back. I was like, well, I'm not going to go traveling. And then my gym finally re- reopened. It's like a CrossFit type gym. Yeah. And um, Buddy was like, OK, we're going to open it, but it's going to be like more personal training kind of focus. And because you can only have so many people in the, in the thing. And um, it was only like an extra 50 bucks a month or whatever to, to get that. And I was like, well, That's cheap. yeah, it's 200 bucks a month Canadian. So I, I can't remember what that is oh, okay. in, in pounds, probably about just over 100 quid or something. OK. Um, and I was just like, you know, you the best money you can spend is money on yourself more than more than anything. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, right, this, I was like, this is it, Keith. Cause what would ha- what has actually happened in the past is that I'll manage to get like maybe, um, up to two months and then I'll crash. So okay. like there's this somewhere on the internet, I got turned into a meme. I fell off this cliffside basically and landed on my head and, uh, like really sprained some grade separated my shoulder and broke some ribs as well. And uh, obviously the head stuff as well. Um, but yeah, that was like the classic thing where I was training for the BC bike race last year, which I don't know if you, you might not be too familiar with yeah. what that is. Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. Um, I know about the BC bike race. It's over, yeah. it's a stage race, isn't it? Over a few days. Yeah. Yeah. Eight, eight days. So for okay. those watching, I don't know what it is in miles. So I'm sorry. I'm metric. It's, uh, it was like just over 300 kilometers of mountain oh, biking. Wow. Yeah. Over so that's like what, 200 days. miles, something like that. Yeah, about uh, maybe 190 yeah. miles, 180 miles. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's a long, long way. way. <laughs> most most of the days were like 50 kilometers or like 30 miles of mountain biking. Yeah. So like, isn't the rule like if you go from mountain bike yeah, to road, like it's two, time yeah, still? Yeah, like two or three yeah. miles. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, and that was really tough. But I was like, I was like, I'm training for this. Like, this is something I actually want to do well in. Um, and yeah, I was actually getting fit and I was like on the up and then classic half crash straight down to the bottom. And I was like, duh. I was just frustrated. Oh, it's so, the worst feeling in it. And that was before you managed to do the race, was it? Oh yeah, completely. I maybe recover. I actually did this race called the NIMBY 50, which is like a gnarly cross country. It was the last race they did it. It's a gnarly cross country race, like 50 something kilometers, over 2000 meters of climbing. And you're riding like legit BC black trails a lot of the time on a cross country bike down. And, uh, I was, I'd already entered it and I was just like, screw this. And like off, I did it like off the couch and everything hurt as I went round, but I did it. it. Took me like four, four hours, something, I think. Yeah. It was, it was a nightmare. I, I had to stop so often, but. But yeah, and like now I'm just like, I just really want to get strong. Like that's the big thing. And that's like the, the hardest thing for, for me, for sure. It's like get strong, but then stay strong. So why, I don't know. why is it hard for you? Mm, I don't know. I wonder because I do a lot of cardio. Yeah. So like, you know, I wonder if it's just all burning off like straight away. But then yeah. um, I am vegetarian as well. So part time pescatarian. Okay. Um, I kind of, it was actually, funnily enough, it was a, do you know who PewDiePie is? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. YouTuber. Yeah. I don't watch him, but I know he is. Uh, like, he's, he's my new, uh, uh, I don't know, king, king of, uh, king of who I look. He actually has a lot of really good ideas about life, the universe and everything. Um, but he did, he'd like, someone posted this picture and he all of a sudden had a six pack and, you know, a hundred million subscribers went mental and was like, how the hell did you do this? And it's the funniest thing. And he's like, Loki, he only did the video because loads of people were like, um, saying, Oh, he's just really rich and he can get a personal trainer and everything. And then he just makes this video and he goes into his garage, which is like nothing. He has a bench on the ground and those, uh, like adjustable dumbbells. Yeah. And he's just on his phone. He's like, Yep. This is it. This is what I'm. <laughs> anyway, it's amazing. But he did he, in there. He talked about like, you know, uh, really kind of being aware of how much protein to take in. And he yeah. was talking about like, like, oh, I used to, I was used to get like quite angry and overreact to kind of small things I do. And then he read into it and actually, you know, if you increase your protein intake, you can actually subside those. And I get, I do get very frustrated with definitely with things I do myself and I get very angry at myself. And yeah. that was like, I was like, oh, this is maybe, I, maybe this could solve this. So. Um, obviously it's a bit tricky being a, being a vegetarian in terms of like, um, you know, it's not hard to eat protein. Like it does, it is one of my biggest bugbears being a vegetarian. I was like, Oh, how do you get your protein? I'm like, have you looked at how much protein is in everything? But maybe because I do do a lot of activity, you know, like six days a week of stuff all the time. Okay. So, um, so I've just kind of six days riding. Is that? No, I'm now I'm four days in the gym. Yeah. Oh, maybe wow. I'll do like four four days riding. Maybe two days of pump track or whatever. Okay. But um, four days riding plus two days pump track or like two days riding, two days pump track. Yeah, it'd be like yeah, maybe I'll just like cruise down. Only because I got a new fork for my dirt jumper and I actually like my dirt jumper now again. <laughs> so <laughs> I had how, to... sorry, how long have you been um on because I'm trying to help myself. How many uh how long have you been training four times a week for? I've just started because I went, we did oh, a okay. bike park, we did a bike park week 
two weeks, two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. This Monday. Good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, um, yeah. And I was just like, you know, it get towards the end of the day and I'd be like sat down and I was like, Oh, this is, this is kind of pathetic. Yeah. So then, but before I have been doing three days a week. Yeah. And there's a, is there a huge difference between doing three days a week and four days a week in the gym for like gains? Um, it's all about, you, you said it yourself, it's all about how much time you give yourself to recover. So if you only did three gym days, for example, and then did nothing else. So, so yeah. I'll, I'll give you an example. So when I became a personal trainer, I'm 27 now, I was about 19. I joined a company and they all gave you mentors. And one of my, or my mentor was like England. He was the Northwest strongest man and he was an England strongest man competitor. And he used to train three, sometimes four days a week. And the rest of the time he would just eat and do zero cardio, like absolutely none. Yeah. So when I say eat, I mean, we just, yeah, well, gain mass, yeah, but also just recover. So when you sort of at that kind of level and you're trying to get as strong as you possibly can, for him, it was about being as big as it could be and also eating as much. So he used to eat 5,000, 6,000 calories a day every single day, (laughs) every day. And he would just train like, like, and when he did train, he would like, he would psych himself up for half an hour before the training session, like headphones on, like getting sights and then absolutely nail himself. But then then, then say what? How long would he work out for? Like, what what's a training day? Probably an, an hour, ninety minutes. Like, it's about oh, okay. for, for getting strong. A lot. It's about the intensity. So, like, if he was trying to improve his deadlift, for example, and I don't know his exact workout routine, but it would be right. I can currently deadlift whatever he could deadlift, like two hundred, three hundred kilos. I forget the number. It was something stupid. Um, <laughs> And then his sort of aim there would be, right, he might be doing three, uh, I don't know, five sets of three reps, just as a random example. And he would have a certain number that he needed to hit. So it would be all about the building up and the warm up and then make sure he hits those numbers. So it was nothing like, he wasn't training like three or four hours a day every day or whatever. For him getting stronger, it was all about the, the absolute intensity. So he needed to be nailed at the end of the workout and then the recovery would happen. Um, <laughs> That doesn't seem right. Does that seem right? Yeah, yeah. But but remember, that's a strong man, so that's a very different type of athlete. Mm. That's about, like, maximal lifting. So for somebody like a mountain biker, there's a lot of different avenues. So you need to be strong. You need to be fit. You need to kind of have the the recovery where if you do a downhill, you're recovering fast. So it's a different kind of training. So a mountain biker, to be as fit and as strong as you want to be, does need to train more. I would argue you kind of said, when you said that you never get strong and you struggle to get strong, have you ever had a period of kind of six months of consistently training and eating? No, right? no, so no. Because that's, that's that, yeah, that's what I'm focusing on right now, right? So I'm, I think I'm in like the third, third month of like being in the gym. Okay, right? that's good. I'd say, but like this is a new world record because like normally I just, I mean, really, what I probably should do is I should load the van and I should start driving around and making videos or whatever. But I know like it's going to be more beneficial for like next year if I just spend a bit of time just like trying to put like some good meat on me and like especially if you have a tumble or whatever like this is something Ollie Wilkins always used to talk about when he was like he there was this one year he suddenly got in the gym with Brendan and he was like yeah like I can hold myself up better and you know all kinds of things but yeah um no that's that's definitely it that's the goal now the difference like training off the bat I bet I imagine from your first workout to now you're probably a lot stronger right yeah I did I did actually realize today what what I do today um well I'm on I'm on a new bench because I have no chest 
Like, okay. just, so let's talk about my strengths and my weaknesses. All right. Okay? <laughs> now my therapy session podcast listeners. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I'm all quad, all quad and yeah, like, cause you're a cyclist and, and row, I guess all quad and row. Cause like just that, whatever, but I have no chest. Uh, my hamstrings were way unbalanced and, and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. But so yeah, I, but the big thing was like, I couldn't do a pull up. Uh, like maybe if like Not I could one. do what I could do, I could have done like maybe a pull up, but then that would be me done. So okay. now, now I can, my Mac, I can do five max after like other stuff as well. Yeah. And yeah, today I'm on a bench program. that's like two weeks of 10. Um, so all three sets, I think two weeks of doing 10 reps. Yeah. And then that goes down to eight and then that goes down to five. Okay. And I can't remember. Obviously, weight increasing and everything. But um, I'm trying to find it here because it's only today. And I can get – I've what I'm really good at nowadays is filling in conversation. So I'm doing something else. I can carry it seamlessly over. So, yeah. So I'm down 10, 10 tens, and then eights, and then fives. And that then, changes uh, each week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It's a pro. And I've done – this is what – in February, I that was probably the time – why I felt I really made gains and we were doing a deadlift series and like, you know, going to your one, your one rep max. Yeah. And I could tell on the bike, I was like, Oh yeah, this is so yeah. much better. But, yeah. So now I've kind of been, so the first, the first month was like, um, getting back into the gym cause I'd gone traveling and we'd had COVID and blah, 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 blah. Um, it was like getting back into the gym. So just like isolating things, trying to get everything balanced, I guess. Yeah. And then last last month, I didn't really like that much because I was like, oh, I need to improve my posture. So he gave me loads of posture stuff, which is all just like boring and lame. And <laughs> <laughs> you don't feel any benefits. Um, and then this month I was like, right, Keith, this is it. We're going big. Like I want I'm going in four days a week. I want because oh, we did this one workout that was you did three, um, three 80 percent of max deadlifts. Yeah. And then get on the echo bike. Okay. What's the echo and bike? There might be a different name. The assault I... bike thing. Yeah. Like, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Brutal. Yeah. yeah. And I was, and I finished that and I was just like, Keith, this is sick. Like, this is what <laughs> I want to do. Like, this is the one. This is what I want. So now it's like, it's like Monday bench, Tuesday. Oh, great question. What's t- okay. Monday bench, Tuesday deadlift, Wednesday front squat, Thursday high intensity interval whatever yeah and like i feel like this is the month where i'm going to feel like at the end i'm going to be like yeah so what's your what's your actual goal with it all like that's the problem there's nothing really measurable i think with strengths do you know what i mean like there's there's things that we can measure no what's your what's your goal What, what do you want uh just to be able to go to um have better endurance long term on the bike i think but in terms of in terms of riding downhill, because I could go out and pedal for hours, like that is not a problem. Yeah. Like my card my cardio is inversely relative to my strength. Are you naturally um, quite lean? Don't store fat very easily. Oh, around the belly, I do. Yeah, belly. What about when you're a teenager? Uh oh, great! There's a picture. Did you see that on Instagram? Ah uh, yes, I did with the three quarter jeans. <laughs> very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Were yeah. you lean as a teenager, or did you store was- fat? I wouldn't really say lean. I, I'd okay. say I've never been strong. 
Like, do you yeah. know what I mean? So you're kind yeah. of like, your natural body type is like to be skinny fat, essentially, where you, you don't go. store yeah. much muscle very easily, but you also store body fat. So that type of person, that type of um, genotype, that type of body type would generally be very good cardiovascular. So if you started doing some rides, you will probably beat the group, not when you're riding with pro riders, but just generally. Like if, yeah. if five mates, if you and four other mates all started off and you were like, right, let's ride for as long as we can for the next month you would probably get ahead of the pack quite easily just because your body will respond very well to cardio. However, you won't pick up strength as quickly as some other people. So I remember in my group of friends, like we all used to go to the gym and there was like my best friend at the time. He ended up about three times the size of me with ripped tabs all the time and could do <laughs> handstands and 20 chin-ups. And like, it wasn't because he trained harder, it was just genetically. Whereas for me, I'm naturally kind of similar to you in that I'm naturally skinny and not strong. So it's very easy for me to get my cardio up to a good level, but I have to really work to build strength. Um, so that's why you said then you want to get better for the you want to get better endurance on the downhills but you can do cross country and long distance forever yeah. that's just because oh, yeah. your body is naturally kind of set up that way and just from what you've said now my advice to you would be to stick to us you won't make results in in a month like this month isn't going to be the month for you it's going to be right what's going to happen over the next six to nine months so you will see improvements in the month you can start yeah. on the first of july and by the first of august you do a downhill and because you've been nailing your deadlifts and your bench press you feel stronger that can absolutely yeah. happen but I think that you're looking a little bit too narrow and trying to think, right, this month I'm going to nail my posture. This month I'm going to improve my bench press. And what you need to do is you need to zoom out a little bit and look a little bit bigger picture. So if we apply it to the world of YouTube, if I said, right, I want to start a YouTube channel tomorrow. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to have five viral videos this month and I'm going to have 100 <laughs> subscribers in a month. You'd laugh and you'd be like, don't be so stupid. Yeah. Don't be ridiculous. Yeah, like, yeah. take that as a two-year plan and then you might have a bit of a, an idea. It's the exact same thing with what I think you're maybe doing in that you're getting excited and wanting to work on this for a month then you're getting excited and wanting to work on your bench for a month and I would just zoom out a little bit and I would say to your trainer right here's the goal uh, assuming the trainer's good I'm sure he is what oh, yeah, he will yeah. do is he will sit yeah. down and he will actually say right well here's three months worth of uh, of planning it's called a macro cycle so basically you're not looking at you're looking at the week and then that week fits into a month and then that month fits into 12 weeks so as an example here's a nice segue um one of like the 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 main kind of products that I sell with mtb fitness a 12-week training program so that's broken down into three monthly cycles and then the workouts change every two weeks within that and what each month does is it builds on the last month so the first month is about ironing out imbalances kind of like you've talked about and then it kind of builds on from there and changes each month so when you go from week one to week 12 you've seen an improvement so just from this very short conversation my advice to you from what we've said would be just zoom out a little bit and sort of take a little bit of a a bigger approach and as well you can improve your posture i presume by your posture you've kind of got rolled shoulders have you and you got it yeah up, uh, yeah maybe type, your hips th type thoracic and hip uh, what do they call it hip um hip flexors yeah so yeah, you no but when you off. tilt Tilt, hip tilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, pelvic tilt. tilt. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. So for those listening, you kind of like your shoulders are rotated inwards 
like that. Yeah. You can't see I'm wearing a black T-shirt and your hips are tilted from the side, right? So because you spend a lot of time riding your mountain bike, like most people listening to this, and you spend a lot of time at a desk editing videos and whatnot, your hip flexors are really tight, your core's probably a little bit weak, your lower back's possibly weak, your hamstrings are weak, as you've said. Uh, it's like typical mountain biker. But you don't need to choose between improving your posture and getting strong. You can do both at the same time. So yeah. you can improve like your is, depth yeah. and improve posture at the same time. Yeah, that's why I, that's kind of what I said to Keith. I was like, um, it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I get that there's probably benefits to doing all this stuff on a, on something that I'm not going to see. But like previously, when we did like the deadlift program and the other stuff, I could just generally feel like, you know, I just felt better. So I'm like, yeah. I feel, yeah. But then Keith's just like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll do that. You know what I mean? He's not like, well, no, you've got to do it like this. It's just like, cool. You want to do that? We'll do that. And it's just like, yeah, right. The thing is for your posture, like for the issues that you've got there, if you spent 10 minutes stretching your hip flexors. Oh, oh my God. I know. It doesn't need to be an hour session. Like just stretch off at the beginning. Deadlifts are amazing for pulling shoulders back because they work. Obviously they work your glutes and your lower back muscles, but if you're doing a deadlift properly, which you will be, and really squeezing your shoulder blades together, then, you know, if you're, what, what are you deadlifting at the moment? So what you said you're doing 80% of your max. What weight's that? Um, oh, what did I do last time? So I maxed, so actually last year, last year? No. Oh, it must have been last. No, we did it this year. Oh, I have no concept of time or, <laughs> or anything. Did we even do that? Yeah, we did. I think I maxed at like two, two sixty something okay. for one, but that was in a sumo position as well. So I don't know if that's yeah. like even yeah. different. But what it, so like I did, um, is that right? Yeah, I did. I was doing 100, 176 for oh. five five reps over four okay. sets. And I honestly, we got to the end, and I was like, I could do more than that. But then Keith was like, No, I don't think your posture was holding up. But okay. then, so then he let me do. Actually, no, I did it for five. That yeah. I was like, I was like, No, I could do another one. I was like, Watch, I can hold my posture better. <laughs> and then I did. And he was like, Okay, fine. But it's all about focus, isn't it? Like, as you say, doing all the things, like, if you, the moment you lose focus, like, the weight might win. Yeah, 100%. Especially on something like a deadlift, like, you re- because your upper back muscles will be quite weak because you talked about having poor posture, then you really need to focus on really squeezing them. Um, but don't think, and like, I'm talking to you, but also the audience at the same time, but don't think that you need to, choose between getting strong and improving your posture because you can absolutely do them both like when you're doing deadlifts for five reps and keith's saying keep your shoulders back like keep your posture good that's improving your posture because you're strengthening up all those muscles and working on your weaknesses so so yeah yeah i I tell you what i will stay consistent with it yeah i'll tell you too something i will share with people because sometimes you get maybe a bit lost i think especially when like when I was like, when I first moved to town, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to, I've never really tried to get fit or whatever. And I kind of felt a bit lost. Um, I mean, I did, I do a bunch of Zwift in the wind. Can you hear that? Vague, like, wob, wob. Yeah, there you go. No, it's just my deep drum and bass. No, it's, uh, I don't know why. For some reason in this complex of townhouses, they do so much gardening. I'm like, <laughs> do you need to do this much? But they do. Anyway. Maybe it won't pick up too much, so sorry for anyone listening. Um, I do a lot. I did a bunch of I do a bunch of Zwift in the winter, 
Like yeah. that was pro- that is probably the easiest way that I've made uh, gains for the summer mountain biking. Because Zwift have got loads of programs. It's super easy to follow. Like yeah. you can do FTP tests. It's not boring. Like I'm a huge fan of Zwift. So if, if people actually want to get fair in the summer, just go and buy a Turbo Trainer and Zwift. Like money spent on a trainer. You know, if, even if it, they're like they're like a thousand pounds, right? Aren't they? Like it's obviously that's a lot of money, but that's a thousand pounds into your health, like yeah. which is going to benefit you long term. Like anyway, I, I'd say definitely get a direct drive one. Don't get a shitty turbo wheel one. They suck. And if, if it sucks, then you won't use it. Yeah, like, that's so back, true. Yeah. Back. So Zwift programs. Um, I don't what What are your CrossFit uh, opinions? Do you have any CrossFit opinions? Yeah, it, it CrossFit can be good if you have a good coach and do it in a good way. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you see all sorts of like, um, use the example of Karen, but let's picture Karen, the 50 <laughs> year old mum who's never picked up a weight in her life. She goes to a CrossFit class and the instructor has a clean and pressing in session one. Like, you'd, that, like Karen, just as that example, shouldn't be like clean and pressing for, I don't know, six months. Like, if she's yeah, doing yeah. all the right things and building up to then be able to do a clean and press. So that's where, like, the issue with CrossFit is. And as well, I suppose, one negative is that sometimes it can be a one-size-fits-all. So you've got postural issues that you want to sort out and you want to benefit your mountain biking, and you'll be doing the exact same plan as an elite athlete on the other side of the world who's got everything perfect. So they're the downsides, but if it's a good instructor, it's made slightly personalized and the technique is correct, that's a massive one, then I've got no issues with CrossFit and I can, it can definitely help you mountain biking. So Mm -hmm. go on. But I think like what I liked so much about this and why I've, why I go back and I like, I want to go back is because it's, it was easy in the sense that you walk in and you're like, here we go, class today. There's no ego yeah. at the door. There's like, you know, a 70 year old over there. There's a mum of three over here. Like, there's just such a wide range. And at the end of the day, it's like you are in control of what you do. I was yeah. a bit nervous the first couple of times. Luckily, I had a friend that went and I was just like, oh, honey, hold my hand. But, uh, <laughs> and like, the, you just walk in and they're like, we're going to do this, this and this. This is how you do it. They make sure everyone else is doing it properly. And then you just do it. Yeah. And like, I think that's the biggest barrier for, a lot of people, especially for myself, is like yeah. you walk into a gym. Gym memberships are easy to buy. Yeah. What the hell did you do then? Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? But yeah. like, I think this because it's so it's exciting as well, and it's like it's almost gamified this type of fitness. Yeah, like, that's so true. Yeah, and you just walk in and you just do it, and it fucking sucks for like two, three weeks, and then it gets better. But like, that's that'd be my biggest. I think that one one sort of thing that people fall into is that they obsess over getting the absolute perfect weight training plan, but they don't do it. Whereas if you went and did a CrossFit plan for three months versus planning the perfect workout and the perfect three months of training, but then you did it inconsistently, like, for you know, you did three sessions one week and then you did three weeks later, you did a bit more and then three weeks later. And that's what people do. Like, the it's all about consistently doing it so like a consi- an average plan that you do consistently because you go to the gym four times a week 
every week and you don't miss a week and if you do miss a week you get straight back in the week after like over time that will give you results it's the same thing as riding your bike isn't it if you want to learn how to get better on a downhill like if you just turn up to your mega hard trails in squamish every single day or every other day even if you're riding crap at first you're going to fall off you're going to take stupid lines but if you just show up every day and keep showing up you're going to get better same thing for strength training like it's the, yeah. the consistency is the most important thing like it's just showing up every day every other day and just staying consistent with it so people i think often fall into the trap of trying to find out what's the perfect workout what's the perfect diet what's the perfect supplement but then yeah. they do it really inconsistently like how many people when the uh the oh what's it called do you know that plant-based nutrition netflix documentary that went viral Oh, Game Changers. Right, so Game Changers. The amount of people arguing about Game Changers and whether a vegan diet is better than a a meat-based diet, and they're having the argument whilst eating a pizza and then going to the the pub for five pints. It doesn't matter whether a meat-based diet or a plant-based diet is better from a a performance point of view. It matters what you do consistently, like just eat well consistently 90% of the time. Um, so yeah, I got off an attempt at that time. <laughs> yeah, oh no, I, I hear you. I think it's, I think it's cool. I mean, I'm, I'm actually vegetarian mostly for the environmental. And, and that's exactly it. Like, it's I've like gone... those are, there is many things where you just can't argue. Like, it's yeah. like you just yeah. whatever, whatever everyone says. It's like if there were less, if there are less cows, environment will improve. Like, yeah, like, yeah. That's not this kind of podcast. And then you know the last, the last thing. Uh, I got this whoop band. Have you seen this? I found like Jimmy. Right, the only reason I've heard about it is because um, somebody in my I've got a Facebook group with like thirty thousand members, so lots of different people in yeah. there. Uh, and there's a guy um, who I know personally. I've been riding with him, and he got one and asked the members of the group, and not many people had heard about it. But yeah, I uh, think they, yeah, he's cool, so teach me. They did some. I'm not paid. I'm not paid to endorse them or or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think they advertised on Joe Rogan, I think, was maybe the first one that, like, they got in. And then BKXC actually got sponsored by them because he was, like, I mean, he was using it. And then he was, like, yeah, it's okay. And then they sponsored him. He's, like, well, you know, like, this is still great. I still use it. Um, but do you know what? So it, what it does is it measures the heart rate stuff and also your HRV, which is yeah. the time in between your heartbeats. Um, and it uses obviously data that I'm not intelligent enough to understand, but it, it will, it'll do, it'll figure out how much strain you've had during the day. And then it will also accurately measure how much sleep you're getting. And then it will put it all together and tell you what you're ready for on the following day. Okay. That's like the best way that I can describe it. Now, yeah. um, a lot of, I, I remember Brian saying that he was, um, he was kind of getting like stressed because, oh, I've got to get more sleep because my whoop thing tells me. And for sure, that could be a downside. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, God, if I don't get this, then I won't recover tomorrow and blah, blah. But it's the opposite benefit for me is it okay. stops me. It stops me being lazy the next day. OK. So, for example, I will wake up and maybe I'll feel like I haven't had much sleep. And I'm like, oh, I kind of feel a bit Ugh, today. And then I would go, do you know, no, I should take it easy today. And, you know, I should probably be, I should probably be mellow. But what this thing does is I wake up and it tells me, actually, you might be feeling crap, but you're 75% recovered here. You can go and easily do whatever you want to do today. And I look at my phone and I go, oh, 
oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and I'll go and do a gym session and then I'll like ride for three hours in the afternoon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. this is, it's really fitness. And I think most things in life, it's about how you remain accountable for what you do. Yeah, totally. And this yeah. is my absolute best accountability thing I have ever found. Oh, okay. Cause it's just, it's just in black and white. You trust the science. You wake up and it's like, no, you're fine. Yeah. And it's like, I can't argue with this. And then <laughs> it, it changes my mentality throughout the day. 100%. Do you ever uh, watch any of Jocko Willink's stuff, the Navy SEAL guy? Who? Oh, is he, Willink? Up, is he get up at four, That's the one. four in the morning guy? Yeah. yeah. So he's I mean, obviously like super hardcore, but kind of on what you were talking about, the accountability and feeling like you need a rest. He talks about if he gets up one day and he feels like he really needs a rest, like he just wants to sit on the sofa and he just wants to chill out, then he says, okay, I accept. I feel like that today. That's fine. Train today. Do whatever you're meant to do today. And if you still feel the same way tomorrow, then you can take a rest. That's what it tells himself. So you'll train today. You'll do the work. And then if he still feels that way tomorrow, it will take a rest. And he says that most of the time, the next day he feels fine. He was just having a bad day and he cracks on anyway. I thought that was quite a cool way because sometimes you do need to take a rest and listen to your body. And, you know, when you, if you've ridden for, a week straight or if you've done four hard weight training days back to back like you need to take a rest but i quite liked the concept of maybe just rest tomorrow yeah that's it depends bad. it depends on your personality like you can depends yeah. on the individual i've met people who have been borderline obsessive where they train seven days a week and for a month straight and like they're like then they start the results go backwards and then it has to be no you you need to stop you need to take three days off training and you need to eat and you need to recover and then you have the other side of it where people just like oh yeah i need to rest today i trained today <laughs> i trained yesterday yeah. um, and i think part of that is about looking at your own strengths and weaknesses and your own personality and you 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 find that that whoop um, the band holds you accountable to it and you understand yeah. yourself and that's great you know because it's got an answer yeah. it's got a valid answer every time you ask it this that question do you know what yeah. i mean it's like you just can't you can't ignore data and it's so it's so good at what it does yeah like they there's so many athletes so around here like i live around the corner from a world champion mountain biker and remy govan there was like yeah. well whoop, rip Miranda was the world champion. Remy, top 10 Enduro World Series. Yeah. And Casper Willie, who's been in a couple of my videos, he's like going to be a, he'll be a world champion Enduro World Series racer. Everyone has whoop bands now. Okay. Kate, Kate Courtney, world champion, Scott yeah. athlete, whoop band. She's, she's also an ambassador, but it's just like there's so many people now in the elites like using this thing. And I, like, as I said, all day I'll be like, yeah, I think it, it costs like 30 bucks a month. Okay. Like the band, you used to pay for the band. That's, that's US dollars as well. So like 20 quid yeah. a month. But, and, it, and it's a band as well. And like a lot of people go, oh, but it's not even a watch. It's like, I don't want a watch. Yeah, I got a phone. But on, honestly, like there's, it's just seemingly all the time, it's just been bulletproof. And they'll say like, you know, it was like, oh, you haven't done, you haven't burned that many calories this week. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and I'll just be like, oh crap, I was being lazy. And you don't even think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, no, I, I'm a huge, I'm a huge advocate for, I think it's applicable to everyone. As long as you, but you also have to have the drive, right? 
Like, do you have how do you have personal clients as well? Like, you do personal yeah, training. Yeah, so uh, yeah, twice a week I work with clients. So I don't take on new clients, but I've had the same clients for two, three years, so I still train them. And so yeah, I work one to one with people twice a week. Yeah, and how how often do you find people that just don't have the motivation, or they oh, don't go into work? The, I've got like a full range of client. Like when you said that, so yeah. Clients mind um yeah. i've got sort of clients who just uh, covid is a really good example so when lockdown happened i could sort of had a list of clients and i knew who would be doing what and pretty much everybody like was the same i had people who absolutely nailed it and they literally just transitioned from lockdown happened the gym shut the next day they were training in the front room like it was just a smooth transition yeah. they just nailed it and i knew who those people would be and then i've got other clients as well who will they want to be fit they want to be healthy but they like beer more <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm in no way judging. Like, it's each to their I mean, own at the end of the can, day. Yeah, people can do what they like, but like, if That's you're right. paying a personal trainer, you'd think like, oh, I actually want to, you know. Oh yeah, you get a full range of people though. Like, the, okay. the one thing sometimes with some people because you know, no matter how much I tell them what to eat and what to do, they will still go out on a weekend and get plastered and eat a load of food, and you always yeah. think. But the, the, the body shape isn't changing. Like, they really want to lose weight, but they're not losing any weight. And then I've had people like that, and then they'll go on a three-month break from train, training. And I see them after three months, and they've piled on, like, three wow. stones, you know, like, I don't know, 50 pounds Jeez. or whatever. And you can see, oh, it is having an effect. It's not They're not losing weight, but it's stopping them from really gaining. But everybody's yeah. different, aren't they, at the end of the day? Everybody said drive then. Like, everybody has different motivators and different goals mm. and different drives and you're surrounded by pro athletes and they're like the cusp of they will do absolutely anything it takes kate corner for example like she would just mm. do anything to become the best like they're up here and then you've got people like who oh it's not even up and down you've got kind of kate corner on the <laughs> and then you've got it's not better or worse and yeah, then uh, yeah you naturally fall into that and then you've got people who just want to drink and eat and not train and I think most of us fall somewhere in the middle like if you want to be an elite athlete you have to do everything perfect like full stop um mm. particularly in cross-country mountain biking and things like that which rely more on fitness than skill arguably I know you have to be very skillful still but um yeah. you know it's very fitness related but I think for people like me and you you just have to figure out where do you want to line that like for me, I don't really drink alcohol at all, once every four months maybe. And that's just because I work six days a week and my business and my fitness is more important to me than drinking on a weekend. And yeah. if I drink on a Saturday, I wake up Monday morning at 6, 7 a.m. and I want to be sharp as anything and create good content and, you know, create a new program and help people. And I feel sluggish and I hate that feeling. So for me, my business and my fitness is more important. But for other people, they, they live for the weekend and that's what they want. So each to yeah. their own. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the same. I like I actually had this one night out last year in August. This I flew this guy out from North Carolina to come ride in Whistler, and we did one night out, and it was just like so big. It was like classic Whistler send. And I I woke up the next day, and I was like, that's it, I'm done. And then I didn't drink for four months, actually, until I went to see him in North Carolina, and he had like this big accident. I was like, oh, we'll, we'll have a we'll have a drink, but I don't drink that much nowadays. But again. Like, oh, I feel like I'm going on about it. But the whoop, like, you see what happens when you drink. It's just, it's so visible. It's like, yeah. oh, you drank. Oh, you are fucked. <laughs> and it's like, wow, I can't, I can't argue with that. But, yeah. Um, on the flip side, there's, there's a dude. I am, I am dying to think of a video that I can make with him. 
because he's so I, I said to him, like, dude, you are a, you are like a viral video person waiting to happen because he's a he's a big dude. OK, and I'm not talking like Whoa. I'm talking like he has a bit of a belly and like you walk you walk in. I'm trying to think of like the dumpy, I guess, would be the the word to okay. describe him. Yeah. yeah. But, but Matt, is this dude fit? Like, yeah. He he could walk in anywhere and crush most people. <laughs> but he also walks in with like a 7-Eleven Slurpee into, <laughs> into the gym. <laughs> But he will just crush it. Like we did this workout over Christmas. It's called like 12 Days of Christmas. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's, so for those yeah, that maybe yeah. aren't CrossFit wankers like I am, you do like you do like one burpee and then you'll do two push-ups and then three sit-ups and you'll kind of go one, two, one, three, two, one, four, three, two, one, all the way through. I think it was like it was savagely like 11 pull-ups or something, which is horrible when you get to that point right i i i kind of been back in the back in the gym but not for very long like a couple weeks but i saw this thing and i was like here we go i was like come (laughs) on i was like i really want to complete this and do my best tyson walks in probably a milkshake of some kind from tim (laughs) Hortons. he has a christmas jumper on right christmas christmas jumper so whoa okay we start he has beaten me before I've got to like the ninth thing <laughs> and he just crushed it. And it didn't even look like he'd broken a sweat. Yeah, and I yeah, was yeah. like, it would be incredible to do a video where it's like how much fitter a pro man. By. And then I pull this guy out and I'm just like, Oh yeah. He's just like the average person. Do you know what I mean? He's just like, <laughs> he's just like the average guy and he's like sipping his survey. And then he just crushes all of these guys. Cause oh, they, he absolutely could. Like, but it's just crazy. And it just, it just goes to show you, as you said, he's like fully comfortable with himself. He likes food and like, that's it. But he's just so fit. Yeah. And, fair play to the guy. Oh, Don't judge him by his cover. Dude. He, and I said to him like, Tyson, we could become millionaires together. Like, we just <laughs> go around CrossFit gyms and like secretly film you like going, Oh, can I do this? And then you just like go <laughs> pump, like smash out 15 pull-ups or something in like no time. Uh, it'd be amazing. But anyway, I don't even know what we're talking about. This is why I told you at the beginning, like, I can just go uh, it's all good. Like, it's good. this is a great story. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. No, but it it's, it's nice for me. I know you do the same thing. Like, I love every guest on the podcast. I love getting everybody on. But it's always nice when you get someone like yourself who just chats because it makes my life very easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think this kind of layout is a nice way of doing it. So, um... Right, let me get my question sheet up that I've not had to do. We'll carry on for like 20 more minutes and then I'm oh, going to go fine. Just get rid of get rid of all the stuff like asking me about me. It's boring. I always think oh, that no, when I'm that's why you're here. And definitely boring for you, but not for everybody listening. Whenever I, whenever I listen, they're like they're like telling their life story. And I'm just like, oh, I kind of just wish they'd talk about, I don't know, like what, ah, they had think... to, what they had to eat that day or something like that. I, don't know. Ah, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting. <laughs> Uh, right, let's go to, let's have a look at the personal improvement. Ah, here's a good uh, spark for a conversation, and it's kind of on mm-hmm. the theme that we're talking about at the moment. So when I was doing some research on you earlier, I went on the Scott website, and it asked, I think, words that you live by, or great words, or whatever. And your answer, which I thought was wicked, was, the only actions you are in control of over are your own. 
And I yeah. thought that was really nice. So just masked that. The only actions that you're in control over are your own. I really yeah. liked that. So why is that important to you? And yeah, go. Well, it's it like I, it's something that I should remember more than I do. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I am just as human as everyone else. I'm like, oh, like yeah. It just it's just it's something that should make sense all the time, and yet I just like forget it. I forget it very often. It's like, do you know what I mean? Like, like, so let me tell you what happened on Saturday. My camera bag got taken. Oh, I've not even asked you about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, don't know where it is. Mystery. It could have been the people that were parked next to me. Those air jumps. But I kind of, most of the time I like, like when I'm in person, I'm too much of a wimp to be like, you've obviously taken it. Yeah, come on. Like I'm amazingly, I'm not that person, but, um yeah and so for saturday night oh, I, had, I had a very bad sleep that night because i was just so worked up about it and oh, but i like tried calling the police police are shut until monday this is saturday night and then uh try and call the insurance company oh insurance company no open until monday oh. so there's like a day and a half what i can't do anything and yeah. that is when i that is my biggest like I am in the whole of my own making when it's that situation. I kind of, I kind of stop and I get this feeling like, Oh, I can't, I can't do anything about this. I can't rectify this situation. I can't fix it. And then I just, I just like, Oh, it's miserable. And that's like, I could, I could just go, yeah. You know, when you've got like all this pent up like stress and really just want to punch a wall yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. that's it. But at the end of the day, like, what I, I mean, I think I did manage to do this like partway through Sunday is you just go, look, you literally cannot do anything. You, you, so they're really logically, you shouldn't get upset about this, but obviously you do because you're human. human. So I think that's it really. It's like, you know, if you, if you want something, you're the only person that can go and go and get it. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. to me, it seems so obvious. Like I know someone may be listening and be like, wow, so deep and so philosophical oh my god <laughs> what a thick what a thinker but um it's like really it's just so obvious it's like yeah if you if you really want to do anything just go and do it <laughs> like yeah and no there's no there's no secret there's no secret to it if you look at everyone you know there's um you know the ten thousand hours thing is like quite an interesting idea but really there's no one that's had there's no one that has truly natural talent like no one, like at oh, all. I, I don't agree with that. Come on, but right? One. Okay, give me give me one mountain biker, and I'll tell you why they're not natural talent. Right, any, I any, think name a man, man biker. I can't give you a specific. Right, so let me elaborate on exactly what I mean, and then uh, yeah, I can't give okay. you a mountain biker. So when I say I don't think, I think there are people who have a natural talent, but I don't think you can become excellent at something unless you put in the work so i absolutely i don't think that everybody can become mozart for example i think that mozart is born with an innate skill at music and from a very young age he's probably listening to music and picking up this and that and he works incredibly hard and dedicates his life to it um skill i mean if you're looking at sport then you know i mean i remember i did a degree in music so i can tell you mozart was already having professional level teaching from like single digit age and he could play he could play most things by the age of like four or something because so he had nothing that would be a, 
in he age, probably been, so you don't think he was born with skill? Do you think he was just like... No, he probably off? had... It's probably the only thing he was doing seven days a week. Like, what could you have done in the 1900s? Like, nothing. No, 1800s. Shit. Wait, fuck. Hold on. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I'm definitely. I've probably because I know nothing about Mozart. He's just the first person to come into my head. I know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. 18th century. I was. I okay. knew that's the classical era from 1756 to 1791. I, I, I do definitely think that people are born skilled at certain things and not at others, though. Like I really do, and then I think that some people just work their asses off to hone that craft, and others don't. But I do think that people. I do think you're born with certain skills and you're good at some things and you're not good at others. And then I think that after that, it's absolutely the amount of work you put in and it's your lifestyle and it's how much effort you give to it. But okay, I man, personally... man, bikers. man bikers, tell me a professional man biker you think is a natural talent. Um, I went, do you know Elliot Heapers, EWS rider? Uh, yeah, I actually met his, I think I had a chat with his dad at the Scottish, I did the Scottish EWS, I think I had a chat with his dad at that point. He's a really nice guy, and his dad. He rides motocross as well, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. How many years did he ride motocross in Charles? Well, I was the, riding uh, for, well, I was riding with oh, the, oh, yeah, oh actually, he was, uh, he was doing regular trials competitions at the age of seven. Yeah, this all counts to, it all counts towards it. Like it's not a natural talent. He, he was handling a heavy bike in a single digit. Do you know what I mean? Like you can always find something. Yeah, you've got, a good, you've got a good argument. I still think that some people are born with skills, though, and I don't mean that in a discounting the amount of work they put in. Like Elliot's a great example. I think he probably is born skillful, and he works his ass off and rides his bike all day every day to become an amazing rider. Like I don't think you'll see anybody at a a great level who's not worked at it. I don't think you become a great mountain biker and not ride a bike. But you'll see people who are, some people are athletic, some people are mathematicians. Like, obviously you can have athletic mathematicians, but you get what I mean. And I do, my, my personal opinion is that people are born where, where the skills lie more than one way. So you don't think that during kind of young younger age development, there are all these nuanced, non non-recorded things that have been happening to these children that have helped them develop these skills yeah maybe so what if uh someone that's better let's say it's really basic like reading and write reading and writing okay do you think that if a parent read uh a, their child a story three times a day every day for the first four years of their life do you think that they might be better at listening or speaking or anything um yes but i think let's take reading as an example then so yeah okay i'll be applied to skill so some people are born dyslexic for example so they they start out with that difficulty and they're already starting on a back foot and reading is always going to be harder for them so than it is for that's people. disability so that's kind of an outlier to this this discussion like it's just like that's like saying someone's born without a leg and oh they're not very good at running. Like I think that's kind of an unfair to put them on the same yeah okay on the same playing field. So you don't think at all that people are born with skillful? You you have the same view as my girlfriend, by the way. She's she completely agrees with you. Must be a very intelligent person, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) She is. She is very clever. At the end at the end of the day, there have been people have just put in more time doing the thing. That is relevant. Like I remember, like I, I did fully, hear. Like, I fully agree with that. Like I fully agree I, with I did that. Hear, I think I've heard somewhere like Tony Tony Seagrave saying that Tani was just such a natural talent. I was like, do you think maybe because she lived in 
the most popular man by destination had all these professionals coming around and riding with her and and also had a brother that she could ride with regularly or just other people that she could mountain bike with regularly and access to probably not the worst most terrible bikes in the world and like there's so many things it's like she doesn't just oh she's born in the mountains and now she's amazing at mountain biking so do you think that anybody can become the number one mountain biker in the world the fastest uh, yeah, you you could, anybody you, including I me think, and you like anybody ah no because we've already lost our time we okay so starting at age no way now. that we can go back in time and yeah, yeah okay and yeah. in all this other experience like that's, I think that's the point well, take I'm trying to make. Us, take like, us back to age one, though. Do you think everybody can be number one, yeah? Well, I mean, yeah, I think. Or okay. def- definitely, like, why why not? But there has to be so many... Environment- the, right. There has to be so many environmentally, like... What I'm saying is that there are all these environmentally environmental factors that go into mm-hmm. it. Like, you know, you couldn't say, you know, especially with racing... Like, let's say that your parents couldn't drive you to every race that weekend. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, maybe they were busy. Maybe they're, they're working really hard to support you. Like, that is a factor not in your control. Mm. Like, um, there is, there's, I think there's this book, Outliers. I think it's kind of yeah. got a bunch of opinions about it. Yeah. It's got a bunch of opinions about it, but, um, there's so much. There is, there is evidence. I think there is, I know that the, like, the English football team or Premier League footballers, I don't know if it's quite the same now, but, you know, you'd see that if you were, um, let's say school year starts in September and your birthday was in September, you're almost a year more developed than someone that's born in August. So you'll yeah. have all kinds of advantages and like, yeah. So I've, I think uh, that- one of my clients is a uh, football reporter for the Daily Mail. And we've had this as that the same discussion with him. We'd like the same thing. And uh, he was saying that in today's world, to become a pro footballer, you have to be born to the right family and get the right opportunities and get picked up at like age three. And if you don't, you, you're not going to become a pro. Right. But so taking skill aside, there are <laughs> physical factors that affect skill. Right. So. Becoming the world number one downhill rider, you can be as skillful as you want, but the the mesomorph, the person, my best friend when we were younger, who puts on muscle like that because he's got the right genetics, he's always going to have an example over me and you. So there are definitely physical factors that affect the skill. I think the skill, we can definitely debate and we can say, yes, you're born with skill or you're not. But then when it comes to the physical side of it, like not everybody can be the number one basketballer in the world because you need to be six and a half, seven foot, and you need to have my big hands and you need to work very hard. But there's definitely like the physical side of it. Like not everybody from a physical point of view can be the number one the skill we, we could definitely debate for for longer and go back and forwards i'm not sure i'd ever back down i'm sure yeah. you won't either <laughs> but i think the physical NBA the physical aspects kind of have an oh there's definitely younger ones but the number ones the top 10 the top 20 are always tall oh yeah well someone uh i can't see there there are outliers yeah there's of course they're outliers but again <laughs> Did those people just put in a lot more time than yes. everyone else? Yes, I, I agree. I'm sure they where they to become where they where they are. One hundred percent. Like yes, it's like yeah. It's really like the the number one life. I really I, one day. I don't know. Maybe this is the future. 
I'm sure there are just like these fixed rules for life that just apply for everything. Like they, you know, simple things like you get out what you put in. Mm-hmm. Like find find a find a situation where that does not apply. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's just so many. Is, like, someone, someone must have written a book. I've been like debating you about whether people are born with skill, but when it comes to actually applying it to real life, like I will totally agree with you. My message would be for everybody listening to this, everybody can become a very, 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 very good mountain biker if they're willing to put in the time. Everybody can become super fit. Everybody can get stronger. Everybody can grow a massive YouTube channel if they're willing to put in the work. Like you can even learn things like personality and being entertaining on camera and obviously the camera craft. Let's say, let's say, so I probably do have, you know, uh, the right personality to do YouTube, oh, right? Yeah. Okay. 100%. 100%. Now, oh, did I just appear that overnight? Well, maybe oh. when I was, maybe I was in school, I would put myself forward for every talent show and I was always in the school plays. And do you know what I mean? Like all of these things have put, it's not like I just went, oh, look, I've got all of this confidence to speak on camera. Like it's just, ah. I think I think that's what it. So I I still believe there's no such thing as natural talent. And okay. I think uh, people uh-huh. can just I think people can just work at whatever they want to do, and as long as they actually have the the focus on the process and everything, I think they can achieve it. So I agree with you first, and we can move on to another topic for the last <laughs> okay. ten minutes because I know we go back and forth. I agree with you first. Uh, sorry, I disagree with you first. I think there is such a thing with natural talent, but I fully agree with the second in that people can work at anything and become very, very good at anything at all. Fully agree with you there. Ah, um, uh, right, okay. Right, last five or ten minutes. What's a good topic that we can finish with? I told you that would uh, that would spike a good conversation, didn't I? There. Yeah. Uh, right, I'm going to go through my questions. I'm going to pick the one which I reckon will will spike the best conversation for the last bit. Um... You need some filler chat. I can do filler yeah, chat. Bro. You filler chat. <laughs> uh, follow me on Instagram at Paul the Panda. <laughs> Join my subreddit for all current mountain bike memes as long as they are related to me and my housemate. (laughs) (laughs) Right, okay, here we go. I've got a uh, final question for you, which uh, is kind of coming away from everything we've taught there. So from starting out before you were in the mountain bike industry to where you're at now, what are some key lessons that you've learnt? That'd be a nice Uh, ender. Oh, just like... Um, any key lessons at all that come to you're, mind you're sure probably you're probably going to fail at everything that you do yeah love that and as you've got to just accept it like uh i had so many interviews before i found my first job yeah and it was just like it was like knock knock back knock back knock back essentially saying telling someone you sucked until you end up in your life doing interviews and then you realize that actually it's like, oh, you're probably just not the right fit. <laughs> like, it's nothing to do with you. It's like, oh, yeah. Like, it's quite, it's quite eye-opening when you get to that point. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's really it. It's just like, be, be, I mean, I mean, really, it's like, learn what it is to actually be a human being, maybe. Maybe this is a bit too deep and too heavy. But just like the old, the idea of being vulnerable, like, really, that's the number one reason why everything falls apart in the world is because of ego and people not being like willing to accept things 
Like, I'm 100% the same. Like, there's so many things in my life, and all my friends will regularly tell me. Like, say we'll ride a trail, and I'll be like, this trail's shit. And like, why are we riding, why are we riding this trail? There are five trails over there that are so much better. And they're like, oh, but we like this trail. I'm like, well, you're wrong. And like, that's like the classic, that's my weakness. Do you know what I mean? But I mean, you could just look at the freaking president of the free world. If he was just, <laughs> if he was just a bit more, you know, vulnerable and modest and didn't have to be the biggest douche in the world all the time, then who knows what they could achieve? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Look at the prime minister is a exact opposite of that. So I think that's really like my life lesson is really just like, you know, go up, go up to someone and tell them something that you wouldn't tell anyone and see what happens. And you'll probably be, you'll probably have your mind blown at the, at the outcome. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 For sure. I like that. And I think particularly with the audience that you've got, you can do that on camera and that inspires other people to do the same thing. That inspires yeah. I mean, other people why, to open up and to. Again, like, here's the thing. Why would I lie about my mountain biking ability on YouTube? Like, what would I get out of it? I could, as I said in another video, where I just like had this shit day, like uh, the shit three days. Cause it was like 30 something degrees and I just can't handle heat. And like, I just didn't know what was going on. I didn't really want to be there to be honest, but like, that's, but I was like, I'm going to put it in the video. It's like, I could go and ride my same favorite trail. Do you know what I mean? I could do things that look gnarly, but to me, are actually pretty simple. And I could just make videos about that. Do you know what I mean? And, and hype it up like a couple of other YouTubers do. And it's like, but what would be the point? Like, what am I going to get out of it? That's like being the best in the world. And then you just carry on being the best in the world. And it's no, it's not hard. And like, that's boring. So I think that all comes back to what we were talking about earlier, doesn't it? And understanding your why and your reason behind doing it. Like a lot of MTB fitness, like just bringing it back to sort of mind springs to mind. A lot of like my sort of reason for it is because I want to help riders improve the fitness and improve the strength and all that side of it but also like be happier and more confident and stuff like that so often i'll tackle yeah. an issue like uh like e-bikes for example and like i'm a big I, i'm a big fan of e-bikes i think they're a good yeah, they're thing they're great um people slate them so i'll constantly defend um defend why, e-bikes why, I think, why don't why don't people like e-bikes Oh, you must have. Do you, do you see any of the hate online or not? You I must only, have. I only have a video with five million views on it about e-bikes, so please. Oh, like. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> no, why, why do you think people don't like e-bikes? Uh, I think the right answer is it comes back to what you said about people don't like. The People are generally unhappy in their own life if they... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, like, I think that's the biggest reason. People like something to slate, don't they? So if but people see... I mean, people, people generally don't like things that they can't, they can't have. Cause it, honestly, if they had all the money in the world, they'd have an e-bike. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, 100%. I think people like, like oh, something not... cold, don't they? Yeah. But it's like, um, oh, it's cheating. What, why? Like, why, why? are we racing? <laughs> because, because, because someone has like uh, an advantage over you. Oh, it's just damaging you in the, in the race that you are currently doing with this other person. Obviously there's loads of, there's loads of races that have e-bikes and normal bikes like in them and, oh, and it's all just equally weighted. It's just unlike, you know, the, the whole thing of like you're pedaling up and then an e-bike comes past. 
oh my god oh i'm so sorry your penis isn't big enough to accept that an e a, a vehicle that has a motor in it has just gone faster than you jeez louise you know what i mean <laughs> I like come on really. get over yourself like crikey actually great great story the um the photographers of the BC bike race had an e-bike. E- they had e-bikes, right, to go around Makes everywhere. Perfect sense, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing for video stuff having the having yeah, the yeah, yeah, totally. So this guy, Marcus Rigger, very fit, like he is like outdoors. You know what I mean? People write people might write outdoors on their Tinder profile. This guy has got it fucking like scratched into his skin in blood, because he's like Marcus is out. Marcus, sorry, not Marcus. And uh, he's a fit young dude. Well, not not young, but anyway. And uh, there's this one climb, and he was trying to get the leading group. And and he was like, oh, I think I think they're close or whatever. They weren't in sight. Anyway, puts the thing in turbo, hoons it up this climb, and he said that it was not it was not a short climb. Hoons up to the top, gets out, puts his bike back down, tries to get his camera out. The leading group had <laughs> caught him up on the e-bike <laughs> and they passed him and I don't think he could get the shot oh, and no. like that's the class like that's like yeah like you just like everyone chill out because there's always someone better than you and it's really not worth getting upset about unless you're top 10 in the world and then it's like okay yeah. maybe you should maybe you should get upset about it like maybe you should cry when you don't win a race because like you weren't as good because like yeah that would be gutting for a lot of people yeah for sure i think for most people like we're not in that situation we're all just riding bikes just to have fun and if 50 year old charlie who doesn't get as much time as he'd like to train gets to ride an e-bike and that means he can then go out and ride 20 miles with his mates then i think that's amazing and th- oh, yeah. there's that side of it but to be honest like people i would happily have an e-bike like 100 percent, just because of the great fun like I, I think there's nothing in my eyes, there's no negative argument to them. The only thing that comes up is the facts, well, not necessarily the facts, the opinion that they may do more damage to trails, which I can kind of see. But then a downhiller going around a trail and dragging his back brake around every corner is going to do more damage than a smooth e-bike rider, so you can't even argue that. Like For me, I think e-bikes are amazing. I also think they're going to become more and more and more and more popular. Yeah. Oh, I don't just like, let, people, let people get on with it. Yeah. I don't think I don't think they'll take over though. Like that's no, that's I don't either. Because at the end of the day, there's so much more, there's so much more value than to achieving something without the motor. Yeah. Like you can say what you like, but like there's that's why you know mountain bike racing will be more valuable than e-bike racing. I think I'll always, I'll always commit to that. Like why isn't why isn't motorbike racing more valuable than the Tour de France? Like do you know, do you know what I mean? Like they're just different. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think that e-bikes will ever take over. I think they become more and more and more popular, and will have a, a use for different people for different reasons. But I don't think that we'll stop riding pedal bikes. I mean, you could say that we we can we have cars to drive places, so people will never run. And there's you know hundreds of millions of runners. Like it's, it's that same thing, isn't it? Yeah. Right. I'd like to give you the uh, the final t- the final. Uh, you had a nice saying about failure. Everyone's going to fail. I'd like to give you the final words. What, what's your final message for the podcast? And then we'll pull it to an end there. And you've officially got the longest podcast by about half an hour. So good job. Yes. Yeah. Another <laughs> win. I actually do. I've been on a couple and I'm always like, what's the longest? What's the longest one? <laughs> Seven hours. Uh, I don't know. Just like, just like, yeah. 
go and I'd say just go and watch some videos. There's something called the School of Life. That's really good on YouTube. Have you ever seen that? No. Yeah, go and go and watch it. It's really just like that's how like that's what really helps you understand like why do people get upset and why do people have affairs? Like like there's so much you know thinking on that and it's all relative to mountain biking in a weird way. Like it's not all just go and muck about and have fun with your mates. You can just like I've I always have the best mountain bike rides when I'm kind of like in the best mental capacity maybe. So yeah, go and do that. That's, that's my final word. It's bullshit, but go <laughs> I like it. Thanks very much. I think my final word for you in the audience is about consistency. So particularly with the training is what springs to mind for you, but staying consistent with the strength training. Like if you strength train for the next 12 months, you'll see massive, massive benefits. And for anybody listening for anything who wants to set up a YouTube channel or start their own business or get fitter or lose weight, like consistency and doing things consistently, you can see with you, like consistently put out videos every week x amount of i x x often for a long period of time and that's why the channel's taking off you've consistently put the videos out and always tried to make them better and that's the same for riding a bike or for nutrition or for training or for anything it's staying consistent and like you said not being afraid to fail mm-hmm. yeah Boom. Thanks for everybody listening. Be sure to check out Paul the Punter. The links will be under the video and will be in the podcast as well if you're listening to it. Uh, Paul the Punter on YouTube and Instagram. Uh, probably Facebook as well, I imagine. And yeah, Paul, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me.